how do y'all intro it? Do y'all like do a song or something? Forrest give some poetry yeah. or something? You know, Going to beatbox. Is Forrest no. gonna give some poetry? You know, no. No, can Forrest do a poetic intro? Yeah. yeah. No. No, no. You know? Okay, see, now... Now I got to uh, prepare something, see? Yeah, Damn. see, now we got to Forrest doesn't poem. Lance does a verse. I'm going to sit here and be like, yeah. <laughs> we so, got it. We're going to have the professional performer make us do something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Welcome to Lavasa Sports. I'm Lance Falatongo. I'm Forrest Odola. And here we look at sports through a South Pacific lens. This episode, as always, sponsored by LevasaIslandApparel.com. For gear that represents the South Pacific Islands accurately and responsibly, put on for the culture, catch the wave at LevasaIslandApparel.com. And our guest today is a rapper and entrepreneur out of North Sacramento, California. The old soul with a cold flow. You've known him since he was pressing his own copies of Broken Record. Got you through quarantine with good company. Flew in this year on a Nimbus cloud with well-wisher. Hitting festivals and stages up the West Coast and more. Sacktown stand-up. Sefa, welcome to the show. Yo, that was, yeah. that was probably the dopest introduction I've ever had before. That was, yo, I need a copy of that. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, who wrote? Y'all, y'all, damn, okay. Yeah, we do our own writing on here. Hey, right. man. People do research, man. That's what you know. What I mean, we grown now. We research. <laughs> hey, he hit me with the Nimbus cloud. I was like, okay. I see. Hey, we see. We see the cover art. We appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, uh, I appreciate that. We uh, we are excited to have uh, someone of your your caliber and stature uh, here on the show with us. Someone that is a very good friend and just a real dude. And those are the kind of people we want to we want to interview and talk to so that uh, people can kind of use your journey as a blueprint um, so that they can uplift themselves in their communities. So we're really excited to, to have you on. And we're going to start by recapping a journey that you and Forrest recently took together. Yeah. Tacoma Polyfest 2021. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were uh, performing? Uh, yeah, I kind of, uh, I kind of just inserted myself in that lineup. Nice. Uh, I was coming anyways. And uh, I asked uh, my homie DJ Lusco, Jesse, and Victoria. Um, they're the ones who put it together. Shout out to I just, Dynasty. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out to them. They always showing love. So I just told them I was coming, and then they were asking if I could perform. But then I, I had like a mix up with my passport, so I told them I wasn't sure. Last minute, I got it, got my passport, and then I said, "Oh yeah, I'm coming. Can I perform?" And they were like, "Man, it's too late." I was like, "Oh, it's you know understandable." Oh. I, I just wanted to be there. You know, it, it looked like a dope event. And uh, like the day before, they were like, hey, we still got we got some time. If you, I was like, oh, yeah, let's do it. So I just did a few songs, you know, last minute. That was my fault, you know, but um, appreciate the opportunity. And I just wanted to be there. That's that's the only reason I actually went. Uh, I knew it was going to be a bunch of our people and also yeah. a bunch of food. So uh, I had to make my way over there. And, uh, I didn't regret it one bit. You know, not at all. And we got to a tent, and Sefa was looking, and he said, "Man, he said, oh, they take card. We about to eat everything on this thing." <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I ain't gonna lie. The whole the whole time we was in line, I'm looking, I'm thinking, I only got twenty bucks in my pocket. I'm like, yo, check this out. These nachos <laughs> is ten bucks, but like, I want more. 
I wanted the poke bowl and the nachos. Yeah, yeah. And then I was about to hit four. It's like, yo, bro, you can you cover me for the rest? <laughs> as soon as I seen the card, I said, I'll get what you want. I'm cool. Yeah, I'm good. He said, take so, my card. Yeah, I was like, whatever you want, bro. So it was a good day. Who uh, was cool? Yeah, man. Uh, we was, everywhere we went, the buzz was real around Sefa. I mean, not no joke too. I mean, people wanted to say hi to Sefa. Um, nice. People that Sefa didn't know that heard his album. People off of Twitter. Sefa's big on Twitter, so we had people from Twitter giving us free old tie. That was, I mean, hey. yeah, it was real, hey. man. It was yeah, real. Sad. This buzz was real out there. They had a nice old tie tent out there. They had like four. Yeah, there was a bunch. But shout out to yeah. Nancy from Twitter. I followed hey. her for like hella years. She, yep. she was dope. Um, it was hella. It was hella people. Hella. Washington makes me feel famous. I love Washington. Oh, they <laughs> love them out there. Yeah, they love you out there, man. That's that's a good thing, man. Damn. Yeah. So shout Wait. out to Washington. Shout yep. out Washington. Dope stuff. So DJ Lou Screws and the Emerald Dynasty put together a collaborative effort of the community. We got uh, performing artists. You got food vendors. What else? Clothing vendors. Clothing vendors. Like accessories and stuff like that. Did yeah. you, Seth, you take some shirts to uh, sell or push out? Yeah, I did. It was it, it was all last minute, so I just used Emerald Dynasty's tent. They they was like, oh yeah, we got a table for you. So I used their table, man. Shout out to them again. You know, that's a um, plug. Some shirts. Yeah, no, for real. Always major love out there. But um, yeah, I had a um, I had some shirts. I printed them up like the last three days before I flew out. So uh, it was a little scramble. And honestly, uh, I, I, I could have done better if I think if I was standing over there, but it was kind of, you know, it was kind of in the tuck. So I, I'm just learning. I'm going to give yeah. me one of them little table skirts or like the little, you know, canvases or something to just showcase where I'm at next time, you know. The, the shirt making process how did uh how did that start you flip one of the most one of the most legendary <laughs> logo flips i've seen <laughs> ever in my life yeah to take that second and turn it into sefa and i feel like it's grown but it, it's it's also kind of related to it's also tied to you as a person because like that that logo flip is dope and the brand is dope but it's also people recognize the person behind it and they're mm -hmm. they're kind of also buying into that how did how did you start out making those shirts and like what's that process like you got like machines and stuff now man so like honestly in the beginning um i i knew i wanted to do merch and we was doing for the broken record album me and my uncle because he got the screen press my uncle spence uh in the beginning we were doing these broken record designs and it was like a broken record actually. And it said broken record on the back. And, uh, <clears throat> that was the design at first that I was running with. Um, but he also was like talking about for me. And I was just like, I always had this idea of the Sega logo with an S. Yeah. I always thought of that. Like, at, like for even before like rapping. Um, but I always just thought that was cool. I was one letter away. And I just mentioned it to him and he was like, what about that? And I was like, no, nah, you know, that's a little too, uh, I looked at it as like being too self-centered and I was like, oh, I'm yeah. going to walk around with my own name. You know, that's crazy. Um, but he just, he just showed up one day. He just showed up with it. Like he just showed up with the screen. He just did it on his own. Oh, okay. he was like, <laughs> he was like, well, it's here. You know, <laughs> and I was like, uh, 
And I was like, well, we can try it out. As soon as he pressed it, bro, like, my heart was like, yo, this is crazy. Like, that's sick. So, uh, yeah, it was a screen print at, at first. Um, my uncle had the forehead screen print. I had this, I had the R on the end of the Cepha. And then one of my followers, um, she was like, it would be dope if she put an M in the circle instead of an R. And I was like, yo. And I actually, now that I bring it up, I probably <laughs> owe her a shirt. I told her I owe her a shirt. So I, I, I'm going to hit her up and be like, yo, I owe you a shirt. But nice. she was she was one of the first ones. Then the people afterwards said it. Then I changed it to an M. And uh, now I do vinyl. I do vinyl cutting. Um, you just put it in the machine and it cuts it for you. You peel it and you press it right on with a heat press. And it's super cheap. And it's cheaper? It's a lot cheaper. All you all you really need, you probably need like four hundred dollars. Um, and from there, that four hundred, if, if you selling t-shirts at twenty dollars a piece, you know, that's that you make your money back instantly off the first pack. So it's it's four hundred for that setup or to run like a load. No, it's four hundred for the setup. So my machine, <clears throat> I bought it for two hundred. Um, and then my heat press, I bought it for $80, actually. So it's probably even cheaper than $400. Um, I bought it on, what is it called? Offer up. So machine, uh, the heat press, and the vinyl cutter. And then you need a computer. And also you need shirts or, or hoodies. I mean, $5 a shirt, you sell that for $30, $35, and you're good. So, yeah, it's crazy. That's a that's a dope profit margin. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. And I do everything in my room. So uh I have everything set up in my room back home, uh, where I got my computer, I record all my music on the computer. Um, then next to the computer I got the vinyl cutter, then I got all my tools to like peel and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then next to that I got my heat press. <clears throat> and then behind behind me in my room. I have a whole shelf just full of inventory, blank shirts, blank hoodies, and that's where I go from there. What's uh, what is your uh, ordering process like? Do you have like a website that takes orders and sends it to you, or do you just do like DMs for special I, orders? I just, yeah, I just do DMs because um, usually when I do the, I mean, eventually when I expand more, I'll look into getting an actual website. But for now, I do DMs because orders aren't aren't super frequent so it's, it's manageable at, at most times and also like it's a bunch of random fees just transferring money here and there for them to take your order uh and i you know first of all i could do it on my own so i'm not gonna go that route plus uh i wouldn't want to raise my prices to make up for that so right. i just gotta not be lazy and just be it's, it's a little difficult to keep up keep up with orders and just messages in general so i'm probably going to be making like a merch page soon just to differentiate right. the oh, two. oh yeah. yeah i seen you post about that yeah because because i had some people hit me up and like i missed their messages you know yeah. like weeks before <laughs> and i was like man my bad my fault so that's, yeah that's just me i'm a little you know not the most uh punctual or whatever you call it <laughs> You go get your shirt when you get your shirt. (laughs) You gonna get it when you get it. Don't worry, I get it to you though. 
you don't understand how many free shirts I've given. Be like, oh, bro, I forgot to send y'all. Yo, I'm gonna hook you up with an extra shirt, two extra shirts, whatever. So that's my that's my thing. If I'm late, I'll just be like, yo, I just pass up oh, another yeah. shirt. It's five bucks, you know. Ain't done, you know. Yeah. So how yeah. do you uh, how do you come up with the uh, different designs or uh, colorways? Oh, so this design right here, uh, the company, my uh, second album my second official album uh, i had my boy dallas casey actually design it and uh i just hit him up and i was like hey bro i, I can't design i don't design well if you look at the ones that i did it's it's mostly just text but like hit you know dallas is dope um so i hit him up he gave me this design <clears throat> another the other design that the newer good company design i don't know if y'all seen it but caleb yeah i remember caleb from shaw moore he actually drew that one out for me so I just been I just been getting lucky. I'm lucky because I got a lot of friends who are real gifted with the pen, like because sure. I cannot draw to save my life. <laughs> so I'm yeah, I'm kind of limited in that. So uh I just go to people who actually know what they're doing as opposed to making something that looks whack. So yeah, yeah. That's smart. That's, it's supposed to be in a, being able to use those uh resources that you have, like those dope ass people, those mm-hmm. friends that are, are willing to collab and put together dope art for you. That's good. Yeah. You, should start, uh, you should start doing stickers too, man. You can send them out with your shirts. Uh, yeah, I, 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 um, my sister, one of my sister's best friends, Jane, she, she hooked me up with some stickers. Oh, that's uh, I don't She, she um, drew it out. It's like, it basically looks like a shirt and it's a seven shirt. That's it's true. like a little miniature one. And uh, she hooked me up with some, but I didn't know how to, I didn't know if I was going to price point it or if I was just going to put them out with the shirts. And then like, I was putting them out with some shirts and not others. And then I was just like, I keep forgetting about them. So I just gave them out to my family. Um, but, you know, eventually I want to make them myself. Like anything, anything I do, I want to do it myself. So like, um, whenever I pay for something, mm-hmm. I just be like, damn, I can do this though. <laughs> you know, like every time I pay for something, I'm like, ah, like, you know, I, I, that's just the way I think now. Like, everything I, I'm calculating in my head, like, if I buy 80 of these, I could have just took that money from 80 of those and just bought the whole machine and just right. made it, you know, and then made 80, and now I got my money back. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just how I think now. It's, it's horrible. No, I don't not me. think that's horrible. That's, no. <laughs> uh, that's breaking free of a, a mindset that a lot of people are stuck in. Definitely, yeah. and just going to the next level where it's how do you get the machines and the, the stuff that's operating and making, providing, producing value instead of just buying the product and being a part of what funds that machine. You can own the machine, the you know? entrepreneurial spirit. Hey, what's that? What's I figure out how to make shirts from scratch? It's over. <laughs> I swear, I'm gonna have a whole like cotton plantation in the back or something. Like, it's gonna be, it's a wrap. You probably See, gonna I mean, have to recycle some sort of material. Yeah, I'm with it. Anything yeah. we going some some about South Moore with everything we got out there. Some of those sources, some of those resources could be used to make shirts or something. Yeah, but Seth, Seth was telling me a story at the uh, at the festival. I mean, he's already teaching younger generations. I mean, Seth, you were talking about your cousin that came over, your nephew that spent uh, the summer with you guys. Oh yeah, he wanted, yeah, yeah. A, he wanted a shirt, and instead of just giving him a shirt, Seth taught him how to use the machines and. Told him that, uh, you know, if he learns how to use the machines and use them properly, that he can make whatever shirt he wanted and save his money. Nice. That's he dope. Made his, he made his whole family shirts. He was like, See? cool, I don't have to buy them Christmas gifts. Yeah. <laughs> hey. 
I told him, I said, I said, if you learn how to make it, if you learn how to do the whole process, I'm not going to help you at all. If you learn how to do it, you can make as many. Sh- I said, there's like 80 shirts back there. I said, you can make all those if you want. He was like, for real? Nice. I said, yeah. I said, anything you make on your own from my room, you can keep it. You just gotta. I'm just don't bother me. I'm gonna be playing Call of Duty. Don't don't mess with me. <laughs> and he and he learned it. He I showed him how to do a couple. He learned it. The only thing he didn't know how to do was how to fold it. But other than that, point A to Z. He was like, "Oh, this is easy." I said, "Chick, if you was working with me and you did this, that's 180 bucks right there." Mm-hmm. He was like, "What?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Really?" I was like, "That's that easy." That's so a, that's something yeah. that uh, that Eron talks about. <clears throat> When he talks about his uh, showing his cousins in Modesto, hey, we can flip these shirts legitly, <laughs> Legit- <Right>. legitimately, <laughs> uh, instead of having to try to do other things to get money. The profit margins are crazy. Like you could flip it for 20, 30 bucks. And he's just trying to, out of his garage, kind of do the same thing, which is equip his community with the tools to you know, try to become financially independent, which is what, you know, you're doing with uh, your nephew and your, your family and what we're trying to spread to our listeners and anybody that that has that same like-minded um, desire to either be a clothing entrepreneur and buy the machinery to produce that stuff or, you know, make designs for somebody. That's That's something that, you know, you're representing to young Polynesians out there that that want to follow in your footsteps. So we appreciate you for doing that and being <laughs> such a consistent, you know, like light in that area. 100%. So keep doing what you're doing. Again, it's not just how dope the clothing is. People also are responding and kind of backing you as an artist. Who are, who are you as an artist? What is, uh, what would you describe yourself as? I mean, I mean personally, I I think um, I think I'm just me, you know. Like y'all know me, y'all met, and y'all know the music, and y'all hear the music, and um, I just think anybody who knows me and who's met me can just attest to that, you know. Like it's a lot of it's a lot of music out here that is, that's glorifying a lot of different things. It's a lot of people that are portraying a certain image that's really not who they are. And uh, I think I think in the world of of all that, uh, I'm trying I'm trying to do something different, do something authentic. You know, I had a <clears throat> I had some cousins who asked me like early on in my music. They're like, you know, I was I was always be honest. Like, man, I was a loser back then. You know, I just had music. I was like a weirdo who like poetry, and you know, I was, had a big family and this and that. And my cousins were like, man, why you say that in your music? Da, da, da. You know, I, I'm like, man, because I don't care. You know, like. Uh, that's just the story. Like, I can't change that. That's just who I am. That's just what it was. And uh, I don't think a lot of music uh, has that authenticity these days. And so um, I would say me as an artist, just me as a person, you know, somebody who, who, uh, you know, puts family first, somebody who loves hip hop, somebody who is, is really intentional in what he does and, and what he puts out there. The energy that I that I feed into, and um, I would hope that that shows through the music, because that's what I want to show. So I mean, yeah, it's just if you know me, then you know the music. 
you know, the rapper. You know, like a lot of people, they be like, oh, yeah, that's the rapper. That's not the that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, that, that's not that over here, you know? I'm going to be the same person y'all see down the street, the same person in the booth, and, and you know, and I'm, and I'm doing that on purpose. So, yeah. That's, dope. that's, that's funny yeah, because yeah. <clears throat> right before you jumped on, uh, me and Lance were talking about your music, and I was like, yeah, man, he's done all this without, you know, swearing. And Lance was like, you know what? You right. <laughs> you all right. And that's, I mean, just like what you said, man, that's your music is you. And that's dope, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, because I don't swear. People don't believe me. Yeah. I'm like, wait, no, no, no. I heard you say. I'd be like, nah, no, I don't nope. swear. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't even swear. I don't swear in real life. So, I mean, that could be me in the song. My aunt, my, my family is to my music, you know? So, you I want them to listen to something. I want them to hear something they can listen to everywhere they go, you know? I, so, yeah. I try to do my research. I've been listening to you uh, nonstop for the past couple of days. I did not realize <laughs> that you had not cursed in your song. And as soon as he said it, I'd like, <laughs> like everything flashed in my head. And I was like, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, respect. Yeah. Man, appreciate it. That's uh, yeah, when I, when a lot I of people use some... cursing as like just filler, though. Yeah, like it's not yeah. like a you use a much the better. Next, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so to be able to use you know adjectives and your your own uh, word makeup, that's good. Sorry, I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie, man. I'm kind of jealous because some of them curse words they fit in the pocket so well. <laughs> like, like first of all, the meaning, like just to, it's it's to emphasize every yeah, right. every word is to emphasize a lot. Right. Then on top of that, just the words that are there they rhyme with so many other words like i'm jealous i'm jealous you know but uh i may do it what i have so you know it's cool <laughs> doing pretty well with it too so yeah yeah hopefully he said i don't want to be different i want to be myself i don't like asking anybody for any help mm -hmm. everything you do you cut out the middleman you don't want to you want to make sure that it's done like you are the producer. You're the person that's doing it. Mm -hmm. Try to, you know, shout out to Nipsey. That was instilled in me a lot, like a high school when I first heard him. So just just being being uh, influenced heavily by that type of music, by those type of artists. You know, you had Nipsey, you had Kanye, who was super arrogant and super passionate mm -hmm. and super just himself. And then, you know, like Joe Budden, who was just super... Uh, open about depression talking about suicide in the song i never heard that before yeah you know and then charles hamilton my guy who was like just he just said i'm gonna just put out a mixtape every two weeks because i can and just that work ethic like all these different artists really shaped me and being who i am you know forrest who are your uh who are your rap inspirations oh man i mean I'm a little old, like I said. Every time we talk about something, I was gonna say I'm a little older. He always gotta so. try to preface it. I'm, I'm, little... I'm gonna say something. He's like, he's lying. He never listened to those guys. I was like, but like growing up, man. I mean, uh, I had a lot of musical influences. On my sisters, they listened to like Guns and Roses, stuff like that. Obviously, you live inside more, you're gonna listen to R&B. But I also had like my guy cousins. I mean, N.W.A. was like probably the first, like rap I ever heard. I mean, that's hardcore. You know, you, you're in South Wales in the NWA. Up. It's like, all you're thinking about is like, damn, I can't wait to go to California and be a gangster. No. <laughs> no. 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 
And then, I mean, I'm not joking you. Like, when Vanilla Ice came out, bro, I thought Vanilla Ice was the shit when that album came out. Bro. <laughs> I was like, Vanilla Ice? Yo. And then, I mean, when I got older, got into college, um, like, my favorite rapper right now of all time is Jada. Jada, man. Oh, my gosh. Heavily influenced by Jada. Jada's that guy, man. And so, when he came out with that first uh, Kiss of Death album, I mean, By Your Side, that's probably one of my favorite songs ever. I mean, so Jada and just like uh, Seth, uh, Jay-Z, Jay-Z also, just the stories he told are just like Seth. I mean, of course, he swears his stories are real. It's everything he's ever been through. The stories mm-hmm. he tells are real. You know, no lies in those stories. Authenticity, like Seth said. Early Kanye. <clears throat> like, I, I just listened to How Donna. early? Uh, <laughs> college dropout early. <laughs> just, just that? Just, no, I mean, just... all, all, all his stuff, I mean... Like he read like one like so, one person you can always tell when they come out with the album just always want to do. She always shocked you, not really shocked you, but she always had something different for you. Like Missy came out, she always had something different. Every album was <clears> something <throat> different, and just like Kanye, so I I love Kanye for that. I mean, all the antics, uh, I could probably do without it, but his music is really just it's it's always something different for you. He always pushes the butt. I mean, the the he always pushes everything. To something greater, like just this next album. I mean, you figure he's dropping that. Drake's about to drop something. You know, Drake had to set back his release because he didn't know when Kanye was dropping his. I'm pretty sure he's gonna make a little, little changes to his album that's coming out. Is it next week, Seth? September third. You know? I have no idea. I think it's next week, and then uh, September third. Oh, September third, and then um, I was talking to Noah. And Noah put me on. You no, know, Kendrick's dropping an album uh, next month. Which, I mean, if those two albums drop first and Kendrick's dropping his third, I can only imagine what that album is going to be like. So Kanye's influences, you can't, you can't dispute his influence on the music. He's always putting out good music, even if it's something he's produced, not rapping on. Mm-hmm. Sefa, what are your uh, thoughts on Donda? I didn't even listen to it. I ain't going to lie. Uh, the samples busy. that I... Nah, the samples I heard from the, the, the stadium stuff, I didn't... That one didn't move me, so I think the was it the J verse? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was it was and I, was it Roddy? Roddy was on there. Roddy, Roddy, them them was the only two things that really got me excited. And then every every that was the first. I think that was the first stream. Um, the first that he did. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, like she got twenty seven tracks. Twenty seven. Yeah. I don't got, I don't got yeah. 27. <laughs> Wait, 27. Oh, hold on. Yeah, nah. I think uh off the album, my favorite is Believe What I Say. He flipped the OD like he usually does. It's like, but he did a really good job on Believe What I Say. Yeah, I mean the album's pretty good. I won't lie. There there are uh, some good songs, but again, 27, yeah. 27 tries is a lot. Yeah. So it's That's a, too long. It's a lot the to hell? get through, but uh well, People got jobs. <laughs> hey, they got to drive. You got to put that shit on in the car. Hey, how far do they live from their job? They listen to 27. <laughs> <laughs> they got to commute hey, to the what? city. That was hey, Bro. hey, boss, I'm going to be late. Why? I got to listen to the rest <laughs> of this album. <laughs> yeah, drive around the parking lot 10 times. Like, wait, the... wait, wait, Les. Les, you're not, you're not going to let, let us get off this topic without you explaining, yo. Right. 
you know, right. your Amen. your hip hop influences because oh man, I feel like, like I was saying, like I was saying before the interview, Lance got one of my favorite verse. That, so that what song was that? That was a coconut song, right? The coconut song, yeah. Hey, bro. So your verse and uh, Ice Cream Man's verse on that song was some of my favorites. Like like Samoa. People don't realize, bro, Samoa, that era of Samoa when I first moved there, and it has nothing to do with me at all, but, like, I got to experience it. But I feel like that window of American Samoa, music-wise, was, like, unmatched. Oh, yeah. There was, like, and we didn't have this on topic, but this is going to be a topic. There was, like, a music video probably every two, three weeks back then. No, no joke. No joke. Every hey. village came out with an anthem. Every like back to back, East back. Side. And then the yeah. high schools came out with one. You know, yeah. Hey. Like Whitcomb was, Media was eating. Bro. Everybody wanted a video. Right. And there was, it wasn't it was like, like it wasn't right. like a home video music videos. It was like really produced music yeah. videos. You know what like I mean? Director X shit. Like yeah. Was, yeah. dude, that that whole era of of that whole era of American Samoa, like, that was the epitome of island hip-hop. To me, at that time, at least, I was, like, I was, like, tripping out. We would go to these studios. There were some studios in high schools, and there were some studios where you, <laughs> where you had to drive. The choir in, rooms? Yeah. yeah. You had to drive in the, in the back of the dirt road, and you just get to, like, a shack that just looks like a one bedroom house and then you walk in and it's like a full studio like it was I was and then you know we had setups in my house where it was just a laptop and a little Samsung condenser mic and it was just so many different um like I don't know how you call it just so many different types of habitats sound wise and it was like different genres within the island and i Duh. And then the music videos and then just everybody just all the energy from just being out and just oh you know I, I did that song with uh with 10 sticks and them for the off the rock tattoos. Oh yeah and hey just be honest like we was in there we had a whole different beat and I was just in there and I write fast and they were doing the song and I just wrote I was like, oh I got a verse today in like 10 minutes and I just recorded it. And then they were like, hey, we're shooting a video next week. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I, hey, I didn't do videos. I was super self-conscious. But we did it. And um, I had a line about Oasi. Oh, and, like, I was in the club one time. And these, um, like, a group, like, five dudes came up. It was like, the man from Oasi, oh, man, much love. And then I had to explain to them that I was from there. Like, my family's from there. And, like, it was, like, honestly, it was, like, back then I was fresh to music. I didn't do, I didn't know nobody outside of my bubble. And I felt like a celebrity in South I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> you were a celebrity in South Africa. Come on, show it, was, it was awesome, bro. So, like, that era, to me, like, we weren't making any money. I was, oh, man, we were broke. <laughs> like I tell everyone. Fun. Lived off of, uh, chicken plates. I was selling CDs. I was printing on my CDs. I went to the uh, the Slack office on ASCC, the student learning yep. 
achievement center, whatever it's called. And I would print out my papers for 25 cents, you know, the slack office, you know, 25 cents of paper. And I would print out these pages and it had the track list to the CDs in a, in a square. And I would cut them out. I put the CDs in a paper slip I got from Cauchy Less and the blank CDs from Cauchy Less. And then I would slide them in so they knew what songs was, what number was what songs. And I was just... Two dollars, two dollars, two dollars. All the cute girls getting them for free. Mm-hmm. And I was just passing them out. And that was like my living in Samoa. I'd make like six, eight bucks a day and be like, oh, I can get a Thai chicken plate. We good. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And that was, bro, it was it was wonderful. Hey, shout out Maria's Thai chicken plate. For hey, for real. I went back and they didn't, they wasn't there no more. I was sad. Uh-huh. Yeah. But you yeah. go back. Well, I was hella old when I went back. <laughs> I, was like, hey. I was like, hey, ACC. They was looking like, nah, bro. There's a bunch of kids over here now. It was like, hey, I get up out of here. But I, I, the last time I was there was I left 2017. So I lived there from 2016 to 2017. That's the last time I lived in South, or been to South Moore. It seemed like a lot longer. I don't know why. This was the last time you came back for us. Oh, man. Uh... When did we leave? Me and Noah left like 2015, 2016. Yeah. Can't wait to go back. Yeah, everybody wants yeah. to go back, but it's yeah. like two thousand dollars to do it. That too, right? Lance, <laughs> you don't want to go back. Yo, it's I don't got that money to go back right? and hang out for a little bit. <laughs> Not for my left arm. Yo, like, right? here's my left arm. Can I get on the plane? I'm like working to retire and save up to retire and maybe go back home, but like I'm not. Nah, man. Just you know what I mean the podcast gonna pop off, and all of a sudden you got sponsorships, and all of a sudden a two minute ad is that's a flight home. Right. You now you're doing three two minute ads. <laughs> the then we're gonna do a live episode like, back home. You know, come gotcha. on, man. Get sponsored. Get gotcha. sponsored by Blue Sky and Astica. Let's get it. <laughs> At the same time, come on. Come, <laughs> compete for our listeners. Right. You know, we're gonna, need that, we're gonna need those two sponsorships because I don't know if I can afford buying calling cards back home. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna need to get Hawaiian Air to sponsor us. We can get oh, some K passes or something. So yeah, they should make they it cheaper, Hawaiian. Way. They should the way that they are uh, robbing our people trying to go home and stuff. Yeah. Bro, just because you're a monopoly, you could turn the price up like that? Come on, Hawaiian. Yeah, we not going to get a sponsorship talking like this. <laughs> New Zealand Airways. Yeah, we get it. And we're going to take Fiji. the international route. Yeah, Fiji Airways, all that Pan Am, you know, out of retirement. When uh, yeah. when you were back in uh, American Samoa, when did you first start recording uh, your raps? Was that before you got to Samoa? Yeah, it was right before. Uh, so I graduated 2010. I moved to Japan. And then it was out there. Where I, yeah, it was out there where, like, I kind of just tried it. I always wrote. I would always write. And I, you know, rapped here and there, like, to myself. Mm-hmm. I had no confidence. And then, like, I didn't know what I was doing. But I just, I just Googled how to do it. And I had a rock band mic. And I held it up together with this my uncle's camera bag. And I, like, held it over with a piece of tape and all that. So it could sit right in front of me. And then I tried to rap and stuff. And it was horrible. But I would show my cousin. I had one cousin that I would show. And I would just make songs. And he would tell me what he thought. And then all of a sudden, he was playing it at back home to the homies, like, to my family. And then I started getting calls, like, bro, you make music. And I was like, no, not really. And then, like, I got... <laughs> 
I got hyped, Don't I got listen hyped. to that. <laughs> Bro, I got hyped up. Like after four songs, I got hyped up. Everyone hit me up. Nice. And then I just, I was like, you know what? Coming out with a mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys will never hear it. But uh, <laughs> I mixtape back then. And I was so young and I was so whatever. I was so like stuck on Sacramento. I was, I was homesick in Japan. I was homesick about Sacramento in Japan. You know how stupid you got to be to be homesick <laughs> about a place like Sacramento while you live in Japan? Like, that's how brainwashed I was. You know, that's how young in, in, in my thought process I was to be missing. You know, I mean, you know, granted, California, everybody loves California and whatnot. But like, you in Japan, like, people going people I, I grew up with going to die and never set foot there. Right. I, didn't, I just didn't have that mentality at the time. So... <sighs> My first mixtape was called Sirens and Swishers because I just, I don't know. You know? <laughs> it, was hor- it was horrible. It was horrible. Um, but yeah, that's where I started. So um, when what I moved to you, uh, What got you out to Japan? So my auntie, I graduated uh, from high school and then my auntie was like, uh, I never lived anywhere else but Sacramento. And everywhere I grew up in Sacramento, like from the where I was born at to where I graduated from, Literally on the same street, you know, like uh, one, two, four. We we lived within two exits, so my exposure to the world wasn't big. My auntie, she told me she was like, "Oh, you graduated, you know, you ain't gonna go to college." Cause uh, I was smart, but I wasn't proactive, so I didn't I didn't apply to too many places, and I was just going through some things personally. So after. Graduation, she was like, I can give you $500 or you can come to Japan. And I was like, well, I guess I'm going to come to Japan. And Wait, I, she, she, she said, I can give you $500 or you can come to Japan. Yeah. And you and chose like, Japan over the money. Yeah. I mean, nice. the money was cool, but like, I had a lot of people around me, like, especially a lot of my friends. I was friends, but I was smart. I was a smart kid. All my friends were like the top 10 in the class type people. And so uh, they were all excited for me. And just them being excited, it made me feel like, okay, that's what I got to do. So it just, it, it felt like the right thing to do. And I thank God that I took that opportunity. My auntie Anna, she's in the military. And she, she took me out there because uh, after, I mean, after, you know, a while of being homesick and, and getting over that, it was an incredible experience. Like growing up, it was real sheltered. Like my mom, you know, like my parents, we was like, uh, we only could sleep over family's house. And like, even to, to that extent, I could only go to sleep at certain family's house. Mm-hmm. And like, I was only comfortable, you know, cause I was to myself. So being in Japan was like me being in, in like real high school where I was like hanging out with kids that weren't related to me and like going to parties and, and stuff like that and like being out late like I was like wait what the hell this is crazy it's like in the movies like what the hell you I know? a movie yeah like what this is awesome you know it's different so like uh it, it really opened my eyes to just see a different type of, of life and uh being uh, being exposed to different types of people um yeah and then I then I got shipped to South <laughs> it's that <laughs> Is that something you would recommend living outside of your hometown for a little bit? Hell yeah, bro. I tell people all the time, man, like the world is bigger than where you come from. When I got home, I try to encourage all my cousins to come to Salmore. I, I still tell them that like it's vital for them 
to make it back home. They don't, they don't see, they, they're not going to see things the right way until they make it back home. I don't think people, I don't even think people in Samoa really understand it to, uh, to just walk by the grave of your ancestor. Not even to be able, like just knowing them, let alone getting to see where they lay at, you know? And knowing that you, you walking on the same footsteps they walked on, the same gravel, same soil, you living in the same shelter, you know? Things like that um, took me a while to understand and took me a while to appreciate. But as soon as I did, I was it like, it was like a light. You know, it was light bulbs just switched in my head, and it, it uh, <clears throat> that was the the moment in my life where things started moving away from like me, like moving away from self, and like starting to realize I gotta be more in, in yeah, I gotta have more intent in what I say and what I put out there. I gotta understand the people I'm speaking to and the kids that I'm that I'm uh, that I'm influencing. So it, all of that comes from my my uh, my time back home, and it was really just like an eye opener. Being being home was like it was like it was like uh, you find out you 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 were missing something you never knew that you were missing. So uh, yeah, I encourage. First of all, you got to get out where you come from, but then also you got to get back home to the people who haven't been back to Samoa, Mexico, Samoa, Tonga, whatever. Wherever y'all from, I highly encourage y'all to go back straight up. There's the, I mean, shoot, pandemic right now. So Mm -hmm. as many avenues aren't going to be available, but definitely reconnecting with just your culture. And like you said, walking the same paths as generations before you have and realizing where you come from and the community and how big it is that you're a part of that many people that that don't go home or only grow up in the states or other places don't have that 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 chance to really recognize. So, getting back to your roots is definitely something, but also like you said just or I think different perspectives from being different places kind of helps you understand that it's not just what you grew up knowing. The world is 7 billion people all living their own lives, all the main character in their own story, all just strings of fabric in, you know, that woven life that we have as a community. Uh, so seeing different perspectives, being different places really opens your eyes to that. It's not just you. It's like you said, it's, it's, it's bigger and it pushes away from, from just you. But also, I mean, a credit to Sefa. I mean, a lot of kids go back home, but they don't really, they don't really take in everything. You know, Seth got back home and he was out meeting people, mm. you know, just just out uh, trying to be part of the culture, you know, learning as much as he could. Um, I mean, I've had nephews and cousins come back home and just be like, man, I don't even like it out here. I can't do it. I want to go back home, you know, and they, they just like didn't take it for what it's for. Yeah. And uh, I mean, to the both of you, I mean, Lance, you grew up out in the States too, so when, you know, you guys got, and you can talk to all the people who became your friends out there, just how much uh, influence you were to the kids back home and how you guys came home and took in the culture instead of, you know, me just trying to be the stateside kid in a foreign country. 
So uh, credit to both of you, man. It's uh, not everybody goes back home and has the same experience that the both of you had. You know, not not too many people come away from Psalm One and be like, all these friends that you guys made, and uh, but to uh, more to the effect of all the people and how they speak of the both of you. You know, a lot of kids come away from that a lot. <laughs> I know a lot of kids <laughs> who come home and you know people back home were like, "Thank God that kid left." You know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but for the, for the both of you, man, there's a lot of people back home who miss the both of you. You know, not just people who you guys were friend, real close friends with, but people you guys might have just met in passing. Uh, so it speaks a lot to both of your characters, man. I, I can't lie, though. When I first came to Samoa, I did not like it at all. And, the, and part of that was because I was so homesick. And that part of the homesick was because I was so young in the way I thought. And it wasn't until I went back home <clears throat> And I was like a year removed from being in Sacramento. Uh, and I was just like, oh, man, my first semester at ACC was horrible. I made no friends. I didn't talk to nobody. I used to go to class. I had a class at 8, a class at 9, and I had a class at 12. And so from 9.50 to 12, I would sit in my 12 o'clock class before it was on and do my homework. And then I had class from 12 to 1.30. And then I had a class at four and I was sitting that class until four. And that's how my whole first semester went. I was, I was miserable. Like I didn't want to be there. It wasn't until I got back home to Sacramento and I realized it was like, uh, nothing had changed. I mean, like we was going to the same spots, we was doing the same things. And I was like, Whoa, you know, I don't want to be here like this. I mean, I love it. I love everybody over there, but like, I realized like, man, I had it good, you know, like there was a lot more opportunity. When I went back after that first year and I got to Samoa, that's where like, as far as what you said, that's where I met everybody. I met y'all, you know, I just met everybody that I'm cool with now because of my, my whole perspective changed. And it took some growing up, it took some like humbling of myself to just be like, dude, you ain't special, you know? And it was funny, it's funny that you say that because I was there so long and I was so cool with everybody. I didn't understand why people didn't like kids from the States. I was like, what y'all mean? I'm from the States. They're like, yeah, but you different. But you different, I was like, yeah. what, do you, what, do you, what do you mean? It wasn't until I was there for so long that people felt like I was from there. And then I would meet kids from San Diego, from Long Beach, or from wherever, the Bay. And they would come up and they would look at me and the people that I was hanging with and be like, not really say it, but act like, man, these are some fives. Man, these dudes don't know nothing. And these kids are slow. These kids are so, this, this whole island is slow motion. They're not ready for this. And I was sitting there like, <laughs> we finally, yeah, when we finally interact with the people, they're like, oh, man, you from Cali? Why are you hanging out with them? And I was just like, oh, I see what? why they hate y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate y'all, too. Like, I hate, I hate y'all. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. And it wasn't until, like, like I had that whole three, like, that whole switch in, in a role reversals, like, to where I'm the one, like, You're the, I had the whole time. Yeah, the whole time, like, man, y'all tripping. Kids, we cool from Cali. Like, we straight. And then I meet him about, I get it, Oz. You right. 
Like I was with him. I was like, bro, I hate the, I hate Catholic kids too. Like, yeah, like. So it's it's funny that you brought that up because that's exactly what it was like to a lot of kids who came to South Moore with like this this thing where they just like they are better, you know, not just Cali, but just in general. It was kids like they're better and they they you know they're cooler and they got you know whatever. It was swag. That's how old I was back then. It was called swag. Like oh yeah, I got this Cali swag, and that was what it was. <laughs> but yeah, like I feel it. I feel it. It was. And uh, kids would come down and just automatically think, oh, man, this island not ready for me. Yeah. I wear my pants with one cuff up, one down. Like, I'm about to set this shit. Y'all not ready. This is some, like, you got served shit. Yeah. That attitude was. (laughs) Yeah. And then at lunchtime, you're getting punked. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what are you doing upside down, man? Yeah. Oh, you're a dick. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they found exactly. that out real quick. Man, yeah. I, I miss y'all more than like I tell everybody, I'm gonna die out there. I didn't know I'm gonna get buried at and everything. Like you know, that's that's it right there. So that's the um, last chapter. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's just a whole a whole different. It's a whole different vibe out there. I mean, y'all know y'all was there. Yeah, yeah. You know, y'all y'all can speak for it. Lance is not telling y'all the truth, people. For the, the people truth. who are listening to the podcast, for the people that don't know who, who did have Channel Six back in the day, <laughs> but uh, Lance was a, a, a reoccurring uh, figure in American South World, like the the that same era that I'm telling y'all about in terms of music. Lance was a Fine. very pivotal and impactful figure on our television screens. Monday through Monday through Monday, really. That was every day, flight night. Yeah, like, not, not only the TV screens, he was also on the radio waves. No, yeah, yeah. So Lance is fun. being very—he's being very modest. I've caught a couple of episodes since the start of this. And I haven't heard any of that. Anyone give you your flowers? So let me just tell you right now. <laughs> much love to all the other hosts. I, um, I know every other host from flight night, but uh, it wasn't quite like when Lance was there, you know. It's just that's just my humble opinion, but um, that was my flight night was my favorite show. Y'all remember that, right? Remember, I had every episode on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? I had every episode of flight night. I had like I think I had like eighty seven episodes at the time. I would download everything off of Vimeo. I would download every episode and oh, save it on my hard drive. Hey, because favorite I was episode. Like, favorite episode. Come on, it was. Come on, it was. <laughs> Everybody's favorite episode. <laughs> <laughs> Visiting the studio. Oh. No, 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 not that. No, hell no. It was well, actually, there was two. It was I one. I know which one you talking about. The runner-up was uh, what did you say? I'm very chunk. That was the runner-up. For real, that was the funniest. That was the second funniest, and then the very funny. I don't know, Lance. Were you, was Lance the interviewer that day? I don't know. Was it you, Lance, at the airport? It was at the airport, and there was a girl, and they had asked the girl. <clears throat> I'm so sorry she hears this. Uh, they had asked the girl. You know, she wants to. I think she was going to school. She's like, "Yeah, I want to go to school, study for nursing." I was like, "Oh yeah, where do you want to go to school at?" She's like, "Oh, in the states." And they're like, oh, which state? She was like, Australia. <laughs> Les, is that you? Les, it might, is that you? It might have been. 
Bro, she said the states, and then she said Australia, and I. Oh man, they played that one clip over and over. Right. Too long, I messed up because he played in black and white. He right. played in black and white. He slow moded too. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Shout That's out. The... Shout out too long, Wickham. Yeah. Um, Wickham Media. Shout out. Yeah. Too Kane. Yeah. The 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 greatest. I used to. Hey. Hey, that was that was my little. uh I used to scope on there and be like, it's coming in today. <laughs> <laughs> that was where you meet all the new people, like the airport. That, so that, that was wild. That yeah, American Samoa would show up to the the to the airport twice a week when the I flights mean, would come in. It and, was so crazy. And people didn't know there was, it'd be so crowded up there, but in the parking lot, people actually would park there and drink in the parking lot, not even go into the airport. They would drink in the parking lot of the airport. I mean, they had cars out there parked with their stereos turned up loud. People had coolers in their car hanging out in the parking lot of the airport drinking. How much was it to park there? Yeah. A dollar, right? It was like $2. Right? Yeah. And then you <laughs> enter in there, and instead of turning left to the parking spaces, you go onto the grass behind the, the, the tanks. Right? The tanks? <laughs> behind the most, the most dangerous space you could ever drink at and smoke. Yeah. Behind the... The jet whole fuel ass. tanks of the airport. Oh. Did you, you hit McDonald's after? You know, right, right around the corner. Yeah. Flight night. Uh, flight night was a movement, and everybody would be there. Like everybody would show up. Your whole family would show up to pick you up from the airport. So everybody or say goodbye. Yep. yep. Or or to say goodbye, and then it would hang out. And so you, it would be this really big social event. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I mean, and so I mean, I I could never understand when I was younger, my cousins would get ready to come back home. Like we'd be hanging out in the states, and then like we little by little we go back during the summer, and then everybody would like we're taking to the airport. I'm like, bro, why are you wearing the new clothes you bought for school? But they be <laughs> up. I'm like, and you know what I mean? When I was younger, finally when I got others, like man, I'm in the bathroom getting ready. Like, I'm so long. It's like I'm not going back looking like the way I came. <laughs> you never know who he's already to. That's, you know, yeah. you know what's funny is is I would know flight night was filming when I would see a like a group of people running. <laughs> people, would, people would love to watch the show and would hate to be on it. Yeah, like it would like I would just see people running like no no no, no I don't want to be <laughs> yeah. on it. That's yeah, <laughs> I was the only one walking up. Like, hey, did you guys do yet? <laughs> I love that show. I'm like, yeah, man, what's up? Ask me about. I'm not going nowhere, but I'm here. <laughs> Bro, I remember one night, Lance <laughs> caught me. Ask me the question. Yeah, I was waiting for somebody, and Lance caught me, and I was waiting. I was so lit, and I said, "Can I interview you?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." And then after the interview, Lance was like. We're actually not going to use your interview. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's fine, man. I don't even know what I answered, but you're right. Don't use it. That's funny, bro. What's that? Damn. Talking that to y'all is... make me hella miss Salmo. I swear. We got to we gotta make it back. I'm going summer. Hopefully, if the borders is open, I'm going um, this summer. Nice. You got plans there or you just you need to get back? Well, damn! I don't need to get back. <laughs> no, I mean, like, what's that? <laughs> like, I don't. Like, I get back. How many, take how many kids you got? <laughs> like, your court yeah. mandated nah, return nah, date. Nah, nah, uh, nah. My, nah. Seth gotta get back and feed his bills. <laughs> he, he said, "He said you want to get back, or you gotta get back." Like, what's this? Oh, like, 
No, my, my, my little cousin graduated. So I just, you know, I don't have to be there, but I want to be there, you know? So, uh, yeah. Wait, Liz, so you didn't grow so you grew up in San Diego? Um, I grew I'm up assuming? in Carson. Okay. Carson, California. I feel like I knew that. And then you, you moved to San Juan. Um, I first moved to American Samoa when I was about six, like uh, mm-hmm. first, second grade. And uh, then we moved back to Carson like uh, 1999. So I was like in fifth grade. And then I moved back to that. Oh, I played Counter-Strike all night, one night, <laughs> like without going home. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, the next day I was told that I was going to be sent to American Samoa to live with my uncle uh for trying to be a game banger i banging on counter-strike no or they thought oh they thought i was playing counter-strike with some gang members some samoan gang members who were Uh also my cousins and (laughs) (laughs) when obviously (laughs) obviously and uh yeah it was like eight in the morning we had gone to two different video game uh computer labs or something one until midnight and then one from midnight to like six seven in the morning and then i walked home and my grandma my grandma was staying with us in california at the time and i walked in and she was like oh (laughs) no 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 you did it (laughs) yeah my uh both my parents were at work so when they when they got back uh oh i ran into maki and dimawana as I was walking home and uh, they were like, Ooh, you stayed out all night. Huh? And I was like, I just, I tried to act hard and shit. I was like, well, what's it to you? And it's like, what's it motherfucker. You about to get show. <laughs> you about to get what? Like, how old were you? you get surprised when you get home. <laughs> Wait, how old were you at that time? It was like 12, 11 or 12. Oh, okay. Okay. Cause I got sent to Samoa in seventh grade. Shout out to your uncle, Samoa, Samoa. Yeah, shout guy. out to Samoa, Samoa. That's your guy. uncle? Yeah. That's who I, that? that's who I live with. Is it what? <laughs> oh, what the hell? Hey, that dude's a... I heard about that guy, man. Oh, yeah. He's a... Uh... He was at Kaofunga High School, I think, when I was there. Yeah. When, when uh... was there, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was tough. We uh, So we lived in Leone, so we thought we were going to go to Leone High School. And my uh-huh. uncle was going to stay working at Tafuna High School so that we wouldn't have to run into him all the time. And uh-huh. then he let he let us think that until, like, the first day of school. And then he drove us to Tafuna High School. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So if you guys mess up, I'm definitely going to find out. Good luck oh, so for the next four years. <laughs> so so the, the legend is true, then. That sounds like... Yeah, all the legends are true. Oh, yeah, man. He uh, he had a cricket bat that was, like, attached to his hip everywhere he went around that campus. I heard. I heard you had to grab your, you had to grab your ankles if he was late, just class or whatever. Then you had to hug the bell once they got yeah. that installed. I think the, <laughs> the, cricket, the cricket bat must have gotten broken down at some point because he switched to the two-by-four. Then he switched to the two-by-four. Yep. Which he, like, he shaped the bottom part so it was like a bat like a bat handle yeah and then he wrote on it board of education education (laughs) and he would just go around giving the board of education to delinquent students i'm so glad i'm so glad i didn't go to high school out there hey but he loved his kids though i'll tell you that he loved his students yeah, I just heard he was strict, and then I was just like, "How strict?" And then my <laughs> friends who went to Kafunga told me, and I was like, "Oh, well, I'm glad he don't work at ACC." 
He said, he's definitely straight. <laughs> he, uh, oh, man. Kept a bunch of kids on the uh, in school. And, oh, so uh, that's why you was so well mannered and, and well spoken then, huh? You was living yeah. with the drill instructor. Yeah, I didn't have a choice. Don't be a dick. Don't be an asshole. Don't cause any trouble. These yeah. are my rules. Those are mine. Yo, those are the rules. And, I mean, he was, he was a disciplinarian. Know. Yeah, he, mm. he was fair with all the kids. And right. So it wasn't just his kids, like, or he wouldn't just pick on the kids at school. Because, I mean, uh, when I was going to high school, me and uh, his son, Mark, we were really good friends, so we'd always be at the house. And uh, he was like that with all of us. I mean, but he loved us. But he always made sure to let us know that if you get out of line, I'm going to be the one to put you back in line. Yeah, and I can, you know, I, can res- line. I can respect that, like, all the yeah. way across the board, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some people playing favorites with their kids, or some people are extraordinary kids. You know, it's yeah. a little different, but... Nah. Probably fav- <laughs> he probably favored the athletes a little bit. Just, just a little bit, just a little, a little bit. bit, yeah. Okay, you're right. <laughs> I mean, you know. Right, because he also tried to because he's, he's a coach. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. It's like you should be, go to hey, detention. What are you gonna transfer to the Olympics? <laughs> I was like, uh, no, <laughs> no. I want to. Uh, I want to talk about the uh, the flight night episode where they went into your studio and mm-hmm. broke everything down when you were first recording in Samoa. Like, what is what are the different equipment that you have now? Like. What were you using then? So as I explained in the, in the episode, you know, <laughs> the laptop that I was using was uh, borrowed equipment from a un you know unnamed friend. Uh, we had I remember we had a man, should I, be, I mean I can say this whatever. We had to throw away some computer or no we had to turn in some computers, and uh, we were just like, well, there's eleven here. And we only got eight. They're like, "What?" Yeah, we only got eight computers. They're like, "Okay, that's fine." And then we, when they accepted, when they accepted that there was only eight there, you know, so I had a computer acquired. Um, yeah, you know, they they got lost in inventory. Yeah, it's part of the program. <laughs> yeah, you know, and so I had a computer. Uh, I think I had a my original laptop. I broke it. I remember I was watching. Um, you know, man, Sidewalk, people don't know that hard drives were the soul of Sidewalk entertainment. entertainment. <laughs> like, people don't know, yo, we used to walk around, tell them, what's got in your hard drive? It's like, we just swap it out. Like, hey, you plug yours in, I plug mine in. Get, I'm getting Dragon Ball Z, all the episodes. I'm getting all the freaking, you know, different kind of movies that's just out, the ones with the hand cameras. What were, what were people... <laughs> What were people <laughs> downloading that off of, like LimeWire? Torrents, torrents, just like, different torrents. Yeah, like Pirate, the Pirate Bay or whatever. People was up type. on it. Right. Wait, you asking like you wasn't there? Wait, were you not there? <laughs> I know, I remember that, but I'm like trying to figure out how everybody got it. Like everybody had their own like torrent downloader. Oh, so check this out. Me and my homie, who I will not name. But my homie had an office, and the office had damn near the fastest, like as fast as the government internet. And what I would do was I would go take my laptop over the weekend. We sleep over there over the weekend because it had Wi-Fi, TV, and AC. So every weekend we sleep over there. And uh, I would take my laptop. I would have a hard drive, about a terabyte. And I would just, I would start all these downloads. And I'd keep my laptop plugged in in the corner. And I would just down, and I would use their the people who work there. I'd use their computers too, 
and I had Fresh Prince, Family Matters, just literally anything that I wanted to watch before streaming, before Netflix. So we just download all these different, and I just save them off to the terabyte. And that's how I did it. I used their internet. It was super fast. Like, I think it was like 200 megabytes or 100, some 50 megabytes. Like, at the time, it was fast. That's so, lazy. Yeah. For, so, for the island with no satellite footprint that had the yeah. fucking cable in some internet. Bro, it was, yeah. So that's how I did it. But for the that, setup. That's news to me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you pull up on this at the lead one time or no? Yeah, we play. I mean, so that's also a lot of uh, people's introduction to Call of Duty was uh, we sneak into the uh, computer lab at the college and we'd be playing Call of Duty. And then we had at the league, we also had uh, Halo tournaments. Hey, man, we doing it. (laughs) We play we play Halo on the big screens in the league. We'd we'd, uh, we'd hook up all the Xboxes and play in there. So I I was also a computer tech at ASPA and I mean Literally, that's how we get. Just like how Sefa said, nice. you just get there in the morning, start popping your downloads while you're working on a, se- a whole separate computer. I built a computer for that for purpose. downloads. Yep, out of junk computers that we take from other offices. We're like, you know what? We're just gonna build us a download computer. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that was it. Yeah. At the Shout league. out Aspo. <laughs> at the league, we had the uh, you know the the big screen that come down mm-hmm. uh, right above the stage. Mm-hmm. And we had my homies Wee, and we would play nice. Wee bowling. We would play bowling in that big old screen. We'd be right in the middle of the holy auditorium like this. <laughs> and we'd be doing push ups in a dollar or whatever. You know, that was it was love in Shawmore. If if someone's trying to put down recordings right now from scratch, what do they need? Just a laptop and a mic? Is there a certain That's program it. you would suggest? Uh, so there's a lot of programs, especially now, that are available that weren't available before. Mm-hmm. To me, all you really need is a USB condenser mic, um, something probably 100, 150 bucks, and a computer, laptop, or it don't matter what kind. Because I use um, I use a Mac now, but up until like Broken Record, I was using that same laptop from 2012. All the way up until 2019. Nice. Um, so I used that and it was a it was a what is it called? A PC, whatever. It was a Windows. Oh, so, yeah, so you know, it was it was it was Windows 10. So it was or maybe Windows 7. It wasn't nothing special, but you know, any anything you can fit. And I use Adobe Audition. So uh, that's for my Mac. But you can use there's a bunch of free programs. There's a bunch of ways to get programs for free. <laughs> all my programs are free. <laughs> Hey, I got all them crack, crack gens, key gens, all that. All my programs is free. There's so, free uh, programs, and there's programs you can get for free. You yeah. know? There's two different, <laughs> two different, categories. Two different categories. <laughs> and they mean the same thing. You know what I'm talking about? So, I pay for it. But, yeah, so. but a good a good mic, you would suggest? Condenser mic? Yeah. And, yeah, condenser mics. Uh, my, my mic wasn't even that good, honestly. Wait, what's um, wrong with the hanger and pantyhose? Hey, you know, that was before. I, I you know, I sell merch now. I can afford it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Hey, hey, when I made when I made the, the purchase for Chaotica Eyeball uh, filter that goes around my microphone, yeah. It's, it's super simple, styrofoam, whatever. 
200 bucks and i was like Damn, i can afford it now cover? right yeah not even nice. a mic just the cover and i was like i don't know if i want to do this and then i was just like you know what i'm gonna treat myself and i'm gonna also invest in myself and it's made things way better but um even before that the, the music was good as long as you take time to, to research how to edit vocals or you pay for the vocals to get edited. Like I told y'all, if I could do it myself, I'm going to do it. So I do everything myself, the editing, mixing, and mastering. Mm-hmm. But it, it could probably sound better if I were to go through somebody. I just hate paying. I'm a cheapskate. So I'd rather just you do, do it, it myself. and save the money. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And if I rap good enough, I don't need the theatrics around it. So it all, it all works <laughs> out. <laughs> Yeah, just gotta put the bars together. A little bit, a little bit. What uh, what's up with the beats? How do you get beats? You make your own beats? Nah, that's one of those ones. You know, you gotta delegate to 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 people with real talent in that area, and that's what yeah. I do. You know, so I, thankfully uh, with my music, I've been able to run into and collaborate with a lot of people who are really talented in that in that field of work. Because I can't do none of that. I can't play a piano to save my life and I took classes and everything like it's just I hear it in my head but I can't put it on I can't put it down so uh, I've been able to work with a lot of people who've you know who've liked the music and have shown a lot of love in terms of like their pricing a lot of the people just shoot me beats just to work with me and, and you know I'm that's a blessing so I can't really yeah I can't produce (laughs) (laughs) How yeah. do uh how do people get you beats? They just send it to the, the email? Yeah. Uh some people, you know, they'll they'll message me and we'll talk and, and they'll just, you know, let me know that they make beats. And I'm always down to listen. I'm really, I'm it's not really that I'm picky, it's just uh I, I don't force anything now. So these days, like before I listen to a beat a hundred million times and then mm-hmm. come up with something. These days, I don't really do that. I, I noticed that if I don't write the verse like automatically, then it's just not meant to happen right now. And uh, <clears throat> some songs will happen like I listen to it and then I write like 14 bars, 16 bars, and then that's it. And then I'll come like three months later and write three whole minutes and just automatic. It's just like, okay, I'm noticing like if I'm not in the mood, I try not to force it. Um, so People send me beats. I don't always use them like right away, mm-hmm. but uh, when it when it happens, it happens. It's, it's pretty dope. What comes out when it when it moves you to write something is when you know that's that's the best. But if it doesn't, then you <clears throat> might just have to wait on it a little bit. Yeah, because I'm because I'm moody like with music. Like I like I have to be inspired. So like one day I'll be like like talking with y'all how I'm like Samoa. I gotta change the world i gotta impact these kids and then like other times um i'm disheartened by like news of you know kids getting killed in sacramento Mm -hmm. or like and then i'm like seeing different things like being inspired by like that show the panthers as you're seeing different things like that and and so i'll just work on different inspirations and it really all comes and goes real quick you know so like if i don't hit it right when i'm in that what in that mood or whatever And I just gotta wait for it to come back, and it yeah. always comes back, you know. Because it's 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 authenticity. It's like the real you. You just gotta catch it in that window that it's there. Yeah, yeah. I can not, always it comes back. Yeah, I can always draw back to it, but uh, it just takes a lot of energy. And uh, these days, I just do what 
what I, what I want to. So if I don't feel it or if I don't want to do it, then I then I just don't, you know. How do you how do you go from being uh, self conscious um, as a kid to someone that's really like how do you find that uh, I guess self confidence? Man, I think I'm the worst person to answer this question. I think you're the <laughs> best person. Right, the best person. Yeah. Nah, because because it took me so long to get here. Right. Um, and I mean like even as recently as this year in terms of just believing believing what people tell me about myself. <clears throat> um, I think uh you gotta I think in order to have that that confidence, you gotta be honest with yourself. And for a long time, like I made all these excuses mm. and uh, people don't realize like that stuff starts within you, you know, and you can't really make no progress. You can't build nothing if, if the foundation is off. And so confidence is one of those things, you know, you can't, you can't build up your confidence if you don't believe it. And so you really got to be honest with yourself. You got to uh, just believe whatever you trying to, put out there like for a long time man like my music in the beginning like it was this there was this confidence in the music that that really wasn't present honestly in in a crowd it was present amongst friends it was present amongst people that I was close with or comfortable with but in a crowd it wasn't like that I was super timid or I was or I would act like I was confident but I wasn't truly like that It, it took it took like a lot of practice to get there and a lot of like feeling like I was really out there because I didn't like it and now in in who I am today like I realize uh I could be that if I want to if it, if the if the opportunity not the opportunity but if if it's necessary for me to be that person but <clears throat> I don't feel the need to prove it anymore mm. Like I don't, I don't feel the need to go out and be the loudest or be the, be the one like when you walk in a room and everybody's attention on you. Like I don't need to be that. <laughs> I'll be posted in the back, like I'll be, I'll be chilling, and, and some people will be like, "Hey, you're stuff for the rapper," and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, what's up, you know?" Like you know, because it, it just, it don't, it don't, it's not necessary, it's not needed. So like now I'm learning my confidence is still there even if I'm quiet, even if I'm in the back, because I really don't need to, you know. I'm not here to prove anything to nobody. And when I when I hit that that level of confidence to where it's just like I'm walking out, I'm walking out the, the like you see me in my little videos on Instagram, even right now. Like I don't gotta fix up, I don't gotta look all crazy. I wear every shirt that I wear is something that I made. <laughs> you know, like some people are like, oh, this dude wearing another selfish shirt, another good company shirt, but like to me. I'm doing what makes me proud or makes me happy or makes me satisfied. And so that's the ultimate level of confidence is to just be comfortable in your own skin. To get there, it took a while, but hey, once you get there, it's it's a game changer. (laughs) That book is dope. You know? Like we said, man, you're the perfect person to say. That's That's what these kids need to hear these days, man, that it's a process. It's not something that, like, one day you wake up and, like, man, I'm confident today, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then at last, no, you can wake up confident one day and then wake up the next day and just be back in your show. So, and but you work at it. And like you say, you work at it every day and you also, like, 
one thing people don't really uh, tell other people is that you have to be honest with yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you're not honest with yourself, like you said, Seth, if you don't have that foundation in yourself, you can't go out and be confident. Mm-hmm. You know, perfect example, like you said, when you're able to be in the background confident and not having people recognize you, you know, stuff like that, that's real confidence, man. Is that even without people, you know, being, uh, even without their attention on you, you still know who you are. And yeah, that's dope, man. Not too many people will admit that. And uh, these younger kids out here these days, they don't hear that very often. You know, what they see, like you said, social media is really face value. Mm -hmm. I mean, all you see is what they want you to see on, you know, and uh, your music also portrays that. Like uh, how, like you said, authenticity, we go back to that word. Um, A lot of that stuff, a lot of people don't have that social media, music-wise, but best thing about you, man, you're so talented, but who you are in your music is who you really are out of your, your, your music. So, yeah, man, you're the perfect person to ask that question, man. Come on, those, man. That was a great answer. If you're, if you're just living your honest self, then it's a lot easier to be confident. Yeah. And if you're following <laughs> something that you're passionate about, it's even more easier to be all in for that like an honest man doesn't have to remember his lies right like you're just I know, being like real like so it's just like, you so it's easier it's works that yeah, way Yeah, like like telling people you're gonna come to the after party and you know you don't have to remember that and you know it's <laughs> hey man i'm old man i fell asleep man <laughs> so i'm sitting around and like uh i'm like where's this guy yeah I'm, I'm walking around looking for this dude with his camera and get nothing <laughs> The whole night. Yeah, I went home. I said, hey, I'm going to take a 20-minute nap. Woke up. It's like 1.30 in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. It is dark, dark. (laughs) (laughs) Man. Nah, but no, I'm playing. But yeah, like it also just to add on to that, because I remember I was tweeting about this the other day. Uh, being true to who you are, also you you avoid a lot of drama that you don't need to be in. Mm. A lot of a lot of the people, a lot of people run into issues or they they get into all these problems with their friends or with their their circle because first they're trying to be somebody that they're not, and then they start surrounding themselves with people that they shouldn't surround themselves with, and all of a sudden you're trying to fit in in a in a, in a in the social circle that you're supposed to be comfortable in. You know, people don't, they don't take it, they don't take it seriously that they get to control the environment. And so like me, I get to, I get to control who I, who I run into and who I interact with. I I take that very seriously. Like social media is just, you know, it's a way for me to, to dabble in these different social groups without actually having to put energy into it. But like real life, the people I deal with is who I want to deal with. And I take that very seriously. Like people know I don't, I don't answer texts. Like, you know, it, I don't just reply. I don't just get into whatever because hey, it's it, you know, that energy that, that, that means something. So I'm not just going to get that out. People got to, people got to understand that. And the more that you're comfortable with yourself, the less problems you're going to run into. Do a lot of people reach out uh, for verses <laughs> and ask for like free person your time is they, valuable right and the work they, that you're putting in yeah they can ask all they want <laughs> 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 i 
Hey man, you know, like it was, it was, you know, at a point in time when I was young and arrogant, I remember asking a, a pretty prominent Polynesian artist, I won't say his name, because at the time I was hurt. I asked him for a verse and he was like, yeah, you know, there's a budget. And me not knowing anything and not, not really putting time in, I'm like, man, this dude think he Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. And then now I'm at this point where I'm just like, bro, it's been 10 years. Nah, not even a budget. It don't cost me nothing. Like, I don't pay nothing. I don't ever pay studio time. Nice. I don't pay for beats. I don't pay for none of that. It don't it ain't even that. It's just, I've been at this for 10 years. And you just, you know, you, people think they could just come in and and they they just want me to do this because I've I've put myself in the position to where I could do it for free. That that they that I could do it for free. And I and I and I'm pretty good at it so it'll take me 20 25 minutes and then to do it for free after 10 years of work that's crazy that's like going to a doctor and be like hey can you give me heart surgery for free you ain't finna do that you know so yeah they can ask for free verses all they want but they <laughs> they gonna get hit with the quote you know <laughs> me that like we were talking at the festival man you know, chef was telling me in his younger days you know, did stuff for free man he was naive you know what i mean figured just do stuff for free to get them somewhere, but this and I—I I just attested to uh, again the the confidence question. Is Sefa finally decided uh, and learned that his talent is, you know, what I mean, it's worth a lot more than just doing free verses. You know, I mean, it's cool. You want to help somebody out? All right, but I mean, that's that's your time. That's your talent. You know, and and people expecting it for free is the worst. You know, just yeah. hitting you up like, you know what I mean? You have your people that obviously you, you you would pop out a verse for free for, but that's your people. I mean, other than that, hey. it's a it's a business. Yeah, and, and also like just side note, if 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 a kid, if a Polynesian kid is super talented and I see something, I've always reached out. Right. Uh, whether it whether it's just to get them on like like my boy Leota, that fool from Long Beach, hey, that dude is a problem. And the first time I heard him. I reached out instantly. I didn't give him a verse. I asked him for a verse, but, um, you know, I did what I could. Like, I hit everybody that I knew, like, bro, this dude is a problem. And now he's doing great things. Bobby nice. B. Max from Utah, as soon as I heard him, I said, what? I said, yo, this 95, baby. I said, hey, I need to get, I need to work with this kid because he's going to be special. You know, I did, I, I mean, I don't have much, but like, you know, I put it out there and he's on my mixtape and, uh, Whatever he needs, I got him because you know it's different. It's different when when, when I'm inspired by these these mm-hmm. younger cats. Um, I wouldn't charge for that, you know. I wouldn't charge for like helping out. Even some other artists, like I just hear a ver- I hear a song and I just do a remix and tag they they you know they they Twitter handles or whatever on it and put it out. You know, gets a little gets a couple plays and gets their names out there. But yeah. I'm always helping when I can. But this is for like, hey, you ain't gonna be rapping about having all these cars and jewelries and they hit me up for a reverse. That's not how it's gonna work. <laughs> nah, you ain't gonna do that. So that's where it differs. You know, it's different. It's different with that. But uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> he said, we grown. We're not gonna lie about that. <laughs> yeah, you know, come on, man. He's like, it yeah. says that you have bags of cash on yeah. deck. Uh... <laughs> I just need one. Let's need one. <laughs> right, just give me one of the bags. Yeah. 
what are uh what are some of the uh recent collabs you've done you got new singles out you got uh new challenges Man, out here i just did two songs with k nova yeah and i don't know if y'all know but in high school k that dude was the guy he's still the guy but like in high school i remember that was the first time i heard of him and i was just like he was my myspace on and you know now my uncle yes. works with him Uncle Space works with him, and so I've done two of his last uh, singles. I've been on it, featured, and uh, just incredible music, and music that I feel is gonna resonate really well with our people. So uh, the first song we did was Queen with my Toko Rob Lowe from uh, South Sack. Oh, uh, song. Yeah. yeah, you know, just empowerment for our women. Yeah, all all women, and then um, we just did Magic. And the way we did magic was super on the fly. Like he sang it to me in the car while we was driving to the studio. And I was just like, bro, can we lay that song you were singing in the car? <laughs> and it just turned out it was magic, bro. Like when we did it, it was crazy. So uh yeah, so those are the two most recent singles. Uh I got a couple other features I did a while back. I don't really recall exactly, but uh uh and I'm always working on stuff. I got an album coming. Hopefully uh, later on this year. You got another album dropping this year? Hell yeah! I'm so I'm trying to get on. The Pacific, <laughs> I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get on the PMAs. So I want to get on the Pacific Music Awards. Oh yep. So yeah. in New Zealand. So uh, hey, I'm a, I'm gonna have everybody vote because because I think you need to get voted in for it. Yeah. So uh, then I think it's in March. In March, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna I'm I'm post it and submit my music and see if I can get voted. But uh, man, we gonna get that done, man. You make yeah. that trip. I tell you what, man. You make that trip. I'm making the trip, man. Ooh, let's get it. Let's get yeah. it. See so you guys yeah. up on PMAs accepting awards, bro. I'm please. In New I'll Zealand, go there, I'll go there and lose. <laughs> hey, if I could, hey, if I could get a seat at the table, I'm with it. You know how many network, how much networking that could be done while yeah, you losing? Yeah. A nomination, you know? is a win, man. A yeah. nomination is a win. You know, PMA nominee. That's a good. That's gonna be my name in every title from now on. Oh, yeah, PMA nominee, Sefa M. Yeah. You talked about the uh, the Panthers, <laughs> the New Zealand show. Um, you said you have to have a VPN to watch that. Yeah, I don't know if I should be advertising like that because I don't someone, know. How someone, legal. someone said, someone yeah, said someone, you need a VPN. Someone, yeah. someone told you. Yeah, someone told me that I heard through Grapevine. But yeah, uh, I watched. I watched the Panthers, bro. Uh, have y'all seen it? I've, I've seen not. previews. I've yes, seen previews. I've seen some previews. What uh, what is it about, bro? That show is incredible. And y'all, after this, y'all need to go watch that. Does that follow because, the uh, Don Race? Yep, the Polynesian the Panthers back in the seventies. I had little knowledge about it. I didn't really know too much about it, but uh, watching that, it it first of all, just as as a piece of a piece of like cinematography, it was dope. Like it was super. It was like it was like a TV show, like on ABC or NBC or something. You know, like it was a real show. And then on top of that, it was real acting by our people, just to see us on screen, hearing hearing. You know, the tongue is on there speaking their language. And Samoan, the little Samoan girl singing in Samoan. And just little things like that. It was, bro. It had me in tears. It had me cheering like I was like uh, freaking uh, 
when uh Captain America had Thor's hammer type <laughs> stuff. <laughs> like I was cheering. I was like, yeah. You know, so um, yeah, it follows the down it follows like the whole lead up to the down rays. And for those that don't know, they play this, bro. They play this uh big time, big time. They 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 made it. It's crazy how like every every timeline that you follow with these like big tragic catastrophe type stuff, it, it all is like a blueprint. It all follows the Holocaust and um even like more recently with the Mexicans and, and, and the whole um the natives, like all of these different things, they all has a blueprint. The same thing with the Polynesians back then, how uh they just uh did everything in their power to evict us from New Zealand. Um, slandered us around our communities. Yeah, they just put this whole image of us on, on paper and in and on the, the news about mm-hmm. How we're lazy, how we're criminals, illegal overstayers. They had this statistic that I that I recall: how Polynesians only made up thirty percent of overstayers, while uh, making up ninety percent of the Don raids. Don raids meaning uh, were like they basically they they came in midnight, dogs and batons, and they was beating families up and asking for passports in the in the middle of the night, and if you didn't have it. <laughs> they threw you in a cop car. They were even doing things just to get people locked up to to identify them. So they had like they had this thing where cussing in public was an offense, and you they lock you up. And the reason why they were and they they had like social yeah. gatherings and all these different bogus charges just to get you in the system to make sure that you were legal. And if you didn't have paperwork, then they just send you out. So it was. It was a whole bunch of stuff, and that that show touched on so many different things uh, that I was not privy to. And uh, after man, bro, like my boy Poetic, one of the uh, Usos rapper, big time rapper in New Zealand, he was telling me how like he had to go for a jog, he was taking shots, like he was so fired up because he recalls that, and, and also his family recalls it being there, and just you know all of that that I didn't even know about and a lot of us don't know about that show is is easily watchable it's an easy watch but it's it's also really it's something bro something that we all gotta watch y'all gotta watch it y'all gotta put your family on it if y'all need help I don't know how to do it but y'all can DM me and maybe I'll figure out (laughs) uh, find somebody yeah you know what is a VPN? <laughs> <laughs> Google. Google's the shit. It is. And YouTube. Oh, yeah. Like you said, a lot of these social catastrophes follow the same kind of lead up where the, the people are kind of slandered and made to look, you know, inhuman or less than. And then it kind of makes it okay to the rest of the population to kick them down kick them out and really something that we see where people trying to talk shit about mexican people or just any immigrants coming from you know south america or immigrating from any other place afghanistan now where people are gonna try to make them look bad um and that's going to generate feelings of hate it's gonna it's gonna lead to really unnecessary interactions like ignorant interactions where it's, you just 
look at everybody like they're a person, you, you can avoid that. So that's that's something that we have to be aware of and educate ourselves and to, and to read the signs, like you're saying, in the, the Panthers uh, show and uh, these other things that are happening so that we can recognize them if they're happening present day. And we can stand up for those that don't have a voice and are, are being talked down on. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. Hey, man, well, Eri's not here, man, but I mean, he hit us up with something he wanted to ask you about, man. And uh, I know he was a really big influence to you back home, man. Um, he's a big influence to a lot of people back home. He, but uh, Eri, I just wanted to ask about your relationship with uh, your Uncle Cy, man. And, you know what I mean, being back home, because uh, he heard a lot of stories about how, I mean, where Cy came from and where he ended up at. Uh, as far as him pushing love and light out to a lot of people, really inspiring a lot of people, not just back home, but, you know, in his, he was really trying to do good. And I know when you were back home, man, I mean, he meant a lot to a lot of people back home. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I know you were real close to him. So you probably just wanted to know about that relationship you had with him. <clears throat> oh, man, you know, rest in peace. Uh, side, that's my dad's, not his biological, I don't even think they're cousins really, but, you know, that's my dad's brother. So uh, growing up, you know, we was always in San Jose. My pops is from there. So that was family. But he moved out to Samoa, and, and uh, I didn't really know him too well growing, you know, like as a kid. But <clears throat> he was always back and forth. So I would see him. He came to my, my high school graduation. Then when I moved there, uh, he knew I do music. He, he knew I did music. So I would always go out there to, to Nuuli and uh, do music with him. Him and Jace, my boy. So uh, that's where we really got super tight. And um, I knew Sai is like, you know, one of the uncles who was, <clears throat> you know, from that life. And <clears throat> it was in the studio where uh, I kind of got a different perspective on him. Like I heard all the music and of course he had positive music, but you know, you got that kind of image and, and you know where, I know where he's from. and. You know, as a kid, seeing what they would do, and so I had one image of him. But but being in Samoa, man, it was it was uh, someone who was homesick. He reminded me a lot of my dad, and uh, so when I was there, like he would just he would always sit me and Jace down because we was real hard to get a hold of me and Jace. Yeah, and we, you know <laughs> we was running all over. So when whenever we would end up making it out there. He would always sit us down. He would always ask us how we doing. I was always chilling. I was young and just, you know, out and about. <clears throat> Jace was always in trouble. And so whenever he would hear about Jace, he would just spit game to, J- to Jace, but I mean, also to me. And um, I just remember uh, just always being in the house, you know, uh, over there at his house, we had the fan and the, we had the old school fans we had just chilling in there. And it was just like a, <clears throat> it was just like gems just pouring out every time he talked to us, you know, and just hearing us and listening to us and giving us advice. Not really me, because, you know, I was, I was just like, nah, man, you know, just having fun. But, you know, just being around and just hearing different stories and also listening to his music. And at the time, I was so, uh, I was very uh, playing with my music, like recording and hearing him, like how he does it, his thought process, 
he was in there like, here, I'm going to sing these two bars, and you do these, and then Jace do these, and he was, like, switching things up. And he was, he would, I remember one time he asked me if I could make an echo, and I was like, oh, I don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. He was like, don't worry, I got you. He went and recorded it, and he was like, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> he did that. And to, and to me, as, a, as like, somebody who was super new into music, like, I never would have even thought of that. To do it, like he yeah, to do something like to manually do it. And he was just like, why not? You know what I mean? And so like he he opened my eyes to a lot of you know a lot of life lessons, uh, a lot of music because because Cy was doing music. He was like you know they uh, S Factors. They was doing music way back. It was one of the first polys really to to rap like that. Um, in wow, in Cali northern <clears throat> yeah yeah northern Cali. It was before Cali Cousins actually. Um, so. They was really, you know, one of the one of the early ones. So I knew Sai's music growing up and I knew it coming to Samoa. But I get to Samoa, we doing like, you know, like we rapping over Bob Marley samples and we rapping over island type stuff. And he's making his own beats that don't sound hardcore at all. And I was just like getting this whole different perspective. And like I said, just sitting in on him talking and just telling us about this and that and I remember when I left Samoa, he came and, and he cried. I mean, my nigga crying and, and uh, you know, he was just like, you know, telling me like, man, you got it. You know, I'm old. He's like, man, I'm, I'm, you know, I do music because this is what I love to do, but you got it. And just <laughs> even in the, like, the very ending of my stay in Samoa, you know, he was uh, still encouraging. So that was what Sai was. He was like, uh, he was just like a well of knowledge to me. And uh, I won't lie, I took some of it for granted. But, um, you know, when I look back, it's just like, yeah, that's what he was. Just a, just a mentor in every aspect of the word. And uh, I learned a lot. <laughs> a lot of kids back home, like especially in the village, in the Uli, man. I mean, when Sai first got there, you know, someone just against or against <laughs> but I mean, he ended up mentoring a lot of like these younger kids that lived around his his area, mm-hmm. you know. And he ended up feeding a lot of those kids. Honestly, you know. Hey, when I when I every time I went there, bro, it was different people. It was different people living there. Yes, <laughs> like yeah. in the in the back there. Like I remember too, because they were cutting the grass, and I would be like, "Who's that?" He's like, "Oh man, you know." village you know it's flies homie or this does homie you know like they just need a spot to stay or you know just helping out i was just like damn okay you know that's cool he had a little army back there (laughs) oh hey he helped helped a lot of people man i mean you you think about home i mean it's it's not too hard to go and find family who you can live with or i mean you're never too far off of like here if you don't have nobody you're like you you're luck. like two steps from being homeless you know what i mean <laughs> but out there you know what i mean you, you have places to go you have options it's not as bad as you besides i was always quick to um offer the help man he was never he was never one to be like nah it's not my problem that's they're not my problem if they came to side for help man i was always willing to help mm-hmm. I mean, he never turned nobody away right? he was always trying to teach the kids something better and people did not too many people didn't know Sai or lived around Sai knew that man, you know. Sai was like you said, Sai's an OG. He bought, if you if you saw Sai around in Samoa, you were thinking, man, I don't want to talk to that guy. You know what <laughs> I mean? You looked at Sai and then he starts talking to you, you're like, oh 
life of the party. Life yeah, of the party. For exactly. Like rest, uh, rest in peace, to Simon. Man. And yeah. we, we appreciate that he was able to to give you, you know, that knowledge and that that wisdom. And you know, it's on you to keep his memory alive by continuing to spread that. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, we're yeah. we're absolutely we're sure that you're going to do that justice and to keep his memory alive and continue to spread positivity, love, and light out Amen. to out to you know mm-hmm. our communities and to your people we know you're going to do a great job in that um <laughs> we have to try to fit in some sports <laughs> <laughs> hey i'll be real with you i'll be real with you bro yeah i seen the niner thing on there and we're gonna like <laughs> i'm gonna say it like this bro ever since the whole Kaepernick situation i'm i'm a niner fan but like yeah you know what I mean? That's like, ever, right. since yeah, then, yeah, yeah. ever since then, like, I don't care how good Boss is. You know what I mean? I feel like I know what kind of person that is. Anyways, these days, bro, fantasy football is really just all. I seen your tweet, too, and I was going to respond, but I was waiting on my boys to tell me how much we was going to put in for that. And I didn't want to be like, yeah, I could do it. And then I can't do it all the way. I so I, I just remembered that I never got <laughs> Fantasy, football. I was oh, like, man. oh, fantasy football. Hey, yeah, no, but I do fantasy. <laughs> I do fantasy. Um, my, my, I got two that I've been in for like, I don't know, eight years, seven years. Um, and uh, I lost last year in the semifinals by point eight. Wow. And then I was like, okay, stat corrections. And then I looked back and I lost by one point two. Lost by so more. So he, he, yeah, uh, he got point four more. So, uh, but, but yeah, like. I'm a Niner fan, you know, I born and raised Niner fan, but like, you know, I can't really respect anything the front office is doing, yeah. has done. And I can, you know, I'm still pissed off at that, but like, it's just, it's just for bragging rights amongst family and friends, but I really pay more attention to my fantasy team. So, you know, I picked you get up the James. Number, you I, get the number one huh? pick in your draft. We talk about it. CMC. Christian McCaffrey gotta okay. be. I had him last year and he over oh, over he was Derek horrible. Henry. Over Derrick Henry. Man, Derrick Henry. First overall pony. He's a one trip pony, man. Oh, Mahomes. Oh, nah, I'm not taking no quarterback first. Damn, so what? Man. What is the what is the draft strategy? Is it running back? Running? Is it running back early? Is it no so, quarterback so, until late? Uh, yeah, we don't. I don't do quarterbacks in the first three, maybe first four. Uh, but. I think because uh, our, our league was so small. We only had six people last year or eight people last year. And I think this year we got 10 now, but we still run quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, tight end, two flex. Nice. So we have two flexes. So um, my pick, I picked James Robinson in like the eighth or ninth round or something Ooh, like that. And, and oh, people wow. was tripping. It was like, wait, what? James Robinson? But I'm like, bro, James Robinson was my moneymaker last year. He was... He's a pass he catcher, and he's solid on the run game. And yeah. hopefully now that they got a legit passing game, it opens up the run even more. Well, and know? then uh, Travis then, Etienne got hurt. He yeah. might not play the whole season, so he's and got he his job back. He wasn't going to take his spot for real. <laughs> I don't know, man. He wasn't going to take his spot. They drafted oh, no, him man. in the first round. Oh, oh yeah, do it. He they didn't draft him in the first round of sit. I can tell you that. Hey, they tried to draft, start him at wide I, receiver, and they, they started him at wide receiver during the Ricky mini camp. 
they slot it. all all receiver things. They were like, we know you can be a running back. Just go see if you can play. Yeah. Some and then slot. he got hurt. <laughs> Because he's soft. He ain't James Robinson. That's why. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I drafted him before he got injured, too. So, I, I like James Robinson, bro. Like, I'm a, I'm a big believer in that dude. I, li- I like the way he played, too. Yeah, man. So, he was a workhorse. They worked it. He got sure. all – he yeah. earned all his yards last year. What was he? Hey. He was, like, top 10 running back. Yeah. Maybe yeah. five? I mean, it was because of his – in PPR leagues, because he, he oh, yeah. caught – he was good yeah. for four catches a game. Yeah, he was number one yeah. uh, for a couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, that's that's my guy, you know. I think I think my first and second pick was uh, Kittle and Diggs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I ended up getting uh, – I got uh, – what's the – who's it? Allen, the quarterback? Diggs Josh Allen? Oh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen, yeah. Oh, damn. Josh Allen, too. So, my, yeah, Josh Allen and Diggs, that's, that's, a, good good 35, that's a good 35, 40 points a game. After so, your uh, running back, man, is, is Julio Jones worth an early pick? Man. I feel like the tight – I feel like I feel like Julio Jones being on the Titans, just, that just ups uh, AJ – Um, what's his name? AJ, AJ Brown. Brown and – what's the other dude? Corey – Corey Davis. Corey? I think Corey Davis he, left. He signed with the, the oh. Jets, I think, or the Giants. Somebody. I like yeah, him. Somebody else. Corey yeah, Davis. He was big. He was never he was on big, the field, right? though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, yeah. He was, yeah. He was big. He, he was yeah. a big target. So, no, nah, I think I think, um, I think think Julio being over there, just I think that just makes um, – is it A.J. Brown? I think that just makes him just better. Right. I take him over Julio because he'd be yeah. more available later on. Yeah. So, so when you went Kittle and Diggs – who are your running backs for there? I think I got Robinson somewhere over there. I got oh no 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 I like I like it was Saquon and Diggs because I had the last pick so I got the last in the first. Oh, so I got Saquon Diggs and then I think I picked up Kittle and nice. I forgot who else. But my squad, hey, my squad is it's like no main hitter people, but they all look. Like B plus, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. And if Solid. I can get a if I can get a B plus from every player every week, I'm I'm smart with that. You know, they gonna they gonna have to do a lot to beat me. That's all I know. So, yeah, I'm excited. That's that's really, bro. Ever since we started betting on fantasy, I don't even pay attention to like single games. I'll look at the <laughs> Niners score. I look at the Niners score to make fun of people, but like. You know? really, look, really looking at those stats and adding up the yards and adding six for each touchdown. Yeah, it's every point, every every pass. Oh yeah, yeah. PPR. Yeah, let's see what's popping. But uh, Trey Lance <laughs> looks good though. He looked he looked like Jimmy G gonna get sent out for a couple second rounders or something. AB, maybe. Forrest, what's going on? How how soon would you start Trey Lance? First game. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you drafted him. You drafted him. Jimmy G. I mean, I want to say give him a chance, but they gave him a chance last year. I know you had some people injured, but. I mean, and like uh, Seth said, man, there's there's a team willing to give you some really good either picks or a really good player for Jimmy G because there are some quarter. I mean, you really want uh, Bridgewater starting for your team? You mm. know what I mean? Ever. If we get a legit wide receiver, uh, like a legit wide receiver one, I mean, I like Ayuk and I like Debo, yeah. but like a legit, like just – you know, just aside from being young and fast, right? If we get if we get somebody legit, someone seasoned, like 
and send Jimmy out of here. <laughs> <laughs> we just, we don't even need a speedster. We really just need a, a, an incredible route runner because the way Trey Lance is scrambling around there, yeah, we don't need him be, to be down the field. We just need him to follow. Follow yeah. him, and he'll be good. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Are you I taking mean, Are you taking Trey Lance in fantasy? Late round? Me? Yeah. Oh no, we already drafted. No, I'm not taking him. Uh, I t- I, t- I picked up uh, I, f- I picked up Lawrence. Trevor oh, Lawrence. Oh, nice, yeah. nice, nice. I I had Cousins, but then I picked. Oh, because oh, I had Lawrence is definitely starting. They shipped Minshew to Philadelphia. Yeah, Minshew was a bum. Did they did, did they pick him up first round? They picked up Bortles first round too, right? And, hmm. Right. Yeah, just like yeah, that. Those just are like that not running. the names I want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Minshew and Bortles, right? Yeah, that guy. Oh, <laughs> I, oh yeah. I I had I had cousins because I had Thielen. Thielen's my guy. Oh yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. my my squad is looking pretty cool. Nice. Thielen would be pretty smart to pick. I mean, Jefferson had a really good season last year, so oh, yeah. they're gonna key in oh, a lot man. on Jefferson this year and uh, might open up Thielen again. They, if Thielen didn't get injured last year, he'd have been solid. Yeah, was he injured last year, right? Yeah, a little bit. He he had yeah. missed a few games. I think it was his shoulder. Eli, I like and and also like the players that I that I pick and stuff. Is I watch them and I'm just like, yo, Thielen is nice. He's he's good at everything. He's not great at any one thing, but he's good. His hands is great. Hands. Oh and my he's god, good. in his routes. Yeah, he's good. He's he's dope. So I like him. I have some lyrics here <laughs> that I was hoping you could. Maybe uh, give some light to <laughs> give some light to. Yeah, yeah. Working on my craft, history I learned from. Still ain't never drink, but occasionally burn one. Mm-hmm. You ain't never drink. No, nah, I never drink. You don't want you burning. I never. <laughs> <laughs> I never. I never drank, and I never wanted to. I I grew up. You know, my house was the party house, so I see people drunk all the time, and it was. Mm-hmm. It was never appealing, but um, I also do research and like alcohol don't really do nothing for you, really. Weed, on the other hand, you know, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't smoke THC though. I can't. I can't be high like that. I'll be stuck. I'll be laughing a lot. I'm hella goofy as it is. So like, yeah, ladies, I'll be laughing like you. <laughs> but um. <laughs> Yeah, I, I smoke CBD to like really calm my nerves and to get my little anxiety out. That's dope. And uh, I do this tinctures now. But I tried smoking Ooh. and I, I bought all this weed and I was smoking just like, you know, because I was getting real nervous about certain things. And it was messing up my voice. And I couldn't rap. I couldn't hold my breath. So I, I cut it. I'm done. I can't smoke, but I, I'm going to do like the, the gummies and. But only CBD though, because that's the stuff that really—that's the real medicine, not no THC. Yeah, they said yeah. Uh, they just released a report. I don't know if it was a pre-draft or if it hadn't been peer-reviewed yet, but CBD can block the coronavirus, like oh, COVID, <laughs> like COVID nineteen. Like it helped, <laughs> it helped people. So shout out CBD. Keep doing that hey. shit. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, being a security guard for the last couple of years in downtown Portland. Also the same, seeing drunk people do drunk shit, that shit is not appealing. Yeah. I slowly just, like, don't even drink anymore. Like, it's not, it's not something. I mean, I don't, like, I'll go out with friends and stuff, and, like, we might go to a bar, but I'll just go outside and 
smoke. <laughs> we get a sober guys. <laughs> I don't know about yeah. sober. I just just a different way. All right. Um, on no breaks, you said 2020. Put my name down if you got if you ain't got a vote. What's up? Politics? Are you you have a <laughs> government career coming up? I mean, you know, I seen The Rock saying some, and I and also <laughs> it, it was also because like it was it was so like a lot of my family they like divided, and there's a lot of people going one way, and a lot of people going the other, mm-hmm. and I'm just I'll never engage in that. Role. Like you won't catch me engaging in it. I feel how I feel, and that's it. And then mm-hmm. like at the end of the day, I'm not finna disagree with my family over something that some other people believe in. I'm not finna fight with my family when these people ain't finna fight for what they believe in. So yeah. I just put that in, you know, but you know, we never, you never know. Well, you know, we we're might not gonna see a uh, fight pulley for a washing. Hey, it was, you know, you know, you might, you no. never know. Let's see, let's see what it's looking like. Let's see what it's looking like. Lieutenant Ooh, representative governor, for know? a senator in the funnel. You know what I mean? I'll be, I'll be, a, I'll be a lieutenant governor because I don't really want to be in the driver's seat, but I want to be in the passengers. You know what I mean, like, I just want to be nosy. Just wanna see what's, like, you know, I just want to see doing? what's going on. What you guys doing yeah. here? Where, where, where the place else gonna be at? You know, I just pop up. When uh, we talk about your authenticity. And when you're creating music and taking a feeling and, and really amplifying it uh, to something that you can feel like, um, how would you say that, uh, do you take an idea and push it out once you hear the beat? It's just uh, the idea of the song will come to you as you're hearing it? Or do you already have some prepare that you've been wanting to say? And once you hear the beat, it unlocks it? Uh, whenever I get into the mood for writing, I had, first of all, I had to be in the in the mood, you know, and so if I'm in the mood, then I'll just look for a beat that encompasses that what I'm feeling, and then once I find it, then I go from there. But uh, yeah, if I can't find it, then it just it don't happen. What was the mood for uh, what's up? But which which one is that? Um... <laughs> We gonna we're gonna take this jump and see what's up. Oh, oh, that was the beat. That was all the beat. Uh, I heard yeah. that beat and I was just like, it was smooth and it had to it had to get it had to be smooth. I had to be smooth on it. And so um, I'll hear the beat and I'll just be like, yeah, that's it. And so songs like that, I mean, you know, it's it's real and it's it's honest and it's truthful. But like, those are those are kind of easier songs to, to put out I know that people would love to listen to it it'll sound cool and it'll be easy to listen to but in terms of thought process it don't really take too much to make those kind of songs you know it's just like a like that song and the you already know mm-hmm. like those songs you know like I don't listen to, I don't listen back to those certain songs just because it's a it's a moment it's, it's more of a moment than like an actual like I'm sitting there feeling certain things. It's like I'm feeling the like excitement. It'll get you excited or it gets you like up and jumping. And you know, it's, it's more musical than it is thoughtful. Just what the feeling was, or if you're going back to a moment, what that feeling was. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's really all it is, as opposed to stuff like smooth ass song. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. It took a lot of it took a lot of practice from a lot of uh. 
figments of my imagination, you know. So uh, before it was like that, different now. How important was uh, 1992? Oh, man. That was uh, a... I, I get confused with that one in, in nostalgia, but... Uh, you talking about the new one, right? Because I have a couple songs called 1992. I was really proud oh. of the year I was born. <laughs> <laughs> you talking about a broken like record? A good year. It was off, of, yeah, off the broken records. Uh... Yeah, oh yeah, that that's just life. That whole album is about life. Broken record. Uh, I named it broken record because it it, it meant a lot of things. <clears throat> broken record can mean um. Something that's just over and over, the same thing over and over. Oh, he's a broken record. He's saying the same thing, doing the same thing. But in the same sense, you can look at it, and if you're an optimistic person, you could be like, oh, he broke a record. That record is broken. He's on to newer heights. He's on to better, bigger and better. So that that whole album mm. was super internal. You know, and I listened to that album. It's super internal. Everything on there was really personal. Uh, it's either how I felt or what I wanted to feel. Cause I had a, I had a couple songs in there that sounded really triumphant. I wasn't triumphant at the time, but I wanted to be. That's so, uh, yeah. yeah. So that that yeah, very personal album. <laughs> God, yeah, that's why I asked the song. I mean, a lot of the stuff in the song just sounded real personal, man. But I mean, yeah, like all your stuff is great stuff, man. But it's Appreciate like it. it's like a piece of you. It's yeah. like yeah. when people are hearing it, it's like this is a part of your life. It's not just you know, some bravado made up stuff. People are like, this is his life. Yeah. So it's it's a uh, like that uh we talk about all the time, representation, where if you don't see, you know, yourself or people like you doing something, you can't see always yourself. you can't always see yourself doing it. it's not an option. It's not yeah. something that's you know uh, a road for you, but continuing to be yourself and show that you know there are different avenues to express yourself happily and freely and you know in a healthy manner shout out you for representing thank you <laughs> the last track of well richer um is called my why so the lyrics are is this what i'm supposed to do i just need some coaching or direction or maybe even signs so i know it's true then i hear the notification coming through and it's somebody new writing a paragraph and they're talking about how your music not only positively affects them, but uh, gives them something to hold on to. What's it like when when people are, are writing you those messages that your your art is saving lives? Man, it's crazy. It's, it's a it's a full circle. Because um, <clears throat> music for me was a lifeline. You know, growing up and just having all these these thoughts and these feelings. You know. Depre dealing with depression and not really knowing what it was or thinking depression was just because you had a bad day and uh, not really getting, getting, getting able to, being able to shake it, you know, and not having anybody coach me, like music was there. Um, and I learned through other people's depression how to deal with it or how to even identify it. And so to be able to switch that, to, to reverse those roles and to be able to play that now, to other kids who probably, you know, just raised like me, who family didn't really know. We didn't talk about it. We didn't know about it. So we didn't talk about it. Um, it's a, it's a different kind of fulfilling. It's a, um, the purpose that you feel when things like that, for me, when things like that happen, it's just like, 
it's better than all the money in the world. You know, it's better than all the compliments. It's better than all the accolades or recognition. You know, like the recognition and everything is cool. It's, it's dope. You know, it's a testament to my to my hard work. But uh, messages like that is a testament to my to to my story. And um, it uh, it's also a good way to to yeah, like I'm being that lifeline for them, but it's their lifeline to me. I don't think a lot of people realize that. Uh, just knowing you ain't alone is, is like, that's worth so much. So when I'm speaking on these things yeah. where I'm in my room writing on my own and then people relate to me, people that I don't know, people that I've never met, probably never will meet, uh, telling me that they relate to it and show me that I'm not alone in these things. It uh, Once you find out that it ain't just you, you feel a lot better. And so every message like that, like as much as I feel like I helped them, I don't think they realize how much they've helped me in, in return. So, I mean, you, you can't put a price on that. Yeah, man. Full circle. That's dope. Straight up. We, uh, we appreciate you taking the time tonight to sit down with us and really uh, give us the game that you've been giving us. Yeah. Come on, man. Anything for Lance and Forrest? Come on, oh, man. man. Oh, 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 hey, man, I asked this to Erod and Lance earlier, and I've been asking a lot of people, man, just because I think it's really cool, just, man. So a little quick fire question before you leave, man. You can invite five people to dinner, man, past, present, and future. Who'd you invite? Oh, I mean, just so I can meet them, right? I'm not, I'm not worried about, like, chemistry amongst the crowd. Nah, conversation where you want to talk to these people, yeah. Just for just oh, to you get you gotta worry about them. Yeah, like like yeah. <laughs> nah, nah. nah. No conflict. Joe, no conflict. Anywhere Joe Budden go, I feel like it's gonna be an issue. <laughs> oh, you know, just but like, if you invite Rory, yeah. <laughs> Rory, you but, are fired. <laughs> but yeah, Budden is on there. I mean, come on, I got I gotta sit with Michael Jackson. Got to. <laughs> I gotta sit with the GOAT. Um Damian Marley. Nah, like, nah, what's that? That's four already. That's four. Yeah. Hold on, wait, hold on. I think oh, you about to move somebody? Damian Marley got to get out of there. Yeah, because Robin Williams got to be there. Oh, nice. And nice. Amy Whitehouse, Amy Whitehouse got to be there. That's that's oh. a that's a good. Oh wow, good thing. What do you what are you cooking? Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Who do I have? I have I have Budden. I have nine. Budden. Jacko. Jack, MJ. MJ, okay. Yeah. Amy Winehouse. Amy Winehouse. <laughs> yeah. Right. Amy, Robin, and Nas. And Nas. Who we kicking off there? <laughs> Hold up. I just had somebody in mind. Who's I got bad memory. Um I had wait, I have somebody. But we'll, we'll let you invite a plus one. Go ahead. I don't even remember who it was though. Oh, Dave Chappelle, my fault. Dave Chappelle. Hey. Hey. Oh, Dave, you gotta have the comedian. You gotta have the comedian there. Hey, Nas might have to bounce in Dave Chappelle Club, but you know, if I could have six, then yeah, Dave, Dave was there. Six. We'll, we'll go with six. What are you cooking? We all we all having uh we having uh Ulu and Wahoo for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's all we need. That's my favorite. Nice. I feel it. I feel it. I'll substitute the Ulu for Kalu, but what? Yeah. You know what? You know why? Because I had Kalu my whole life. I didn't have Ulu till I went to Samoa. 
Oh, okay. Okay. I feel yeah. it. <laughs> I didn't I had color my whole life. I said, uh-huh. what the hell is breadfruit? <laughs> I said that don't even make sense. Let's uh let's do flowers. I'll start. Cepho. Hey, hey, also before you go, if my phone died. Don't worry, I'm gonna rewatch this. So <laughs> I'm gonna see if my phone might die. Oh man, I appreciate your authenticity, man, and how real and honest you are, and how um, you know you don't portray things to be uh, super perfect, but you are open and honest with your process, and how that's a that's a healthy avenue of expression and a example to the youth or others like us that we can use positive forms of art to express ourselves and and to not wallow in like despair or negativity in your everyday example of being who you are a hundred percent who you are and and embracing that truth lets us also you know mirror that and be ourselves so thank you thank you for what you do and uh very much appreciate it thank you man thank you I'm probably going to say the same thing uh, Lance said, but in like in dumb people version. So, <laughs> but like, man, um, just the person you are, man, like, and the person you allow me to be when I'm with you, man. So, um, like, we see the progress, man. You're not the same person you were back in Samoa, but you are the same person you were in Samoa. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that, that still allows me, every time we're around each other, it's like, it's like we're at the hotel room at in Sadie's, you know, with the, with everybody, you know. What I mean? And that's yeah. and I will not lie to you. That is the person I love to be, you know what I mean. And when I'm around Lance and 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 it's not just people from back home. It's people that make me feel that way. And you are definitely one of those people, man. I mean, the way you are confident about yourself without having to show everybody that it 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 projects out and it lets everybody else be that. And the way you're so approachable for these younger kids. Man, that that speaks more to, about you than anything. There's not too many people that these kids can look up to and and walk to. And I mean, it's not like you're 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 the biggest star at, but you are to these kids, man. These Polynesian kids, when they hear you, hey, I was with you at the at the Poly Festival, man. People walking up and just you know, people wanting to take pictures with you. People wanting to talk to you about the you know, music and just thanking you about your music, telling you. That's dope, man, that they can't do that. You know, there are dudes out here who, you know what I mean? They'll, they'll just brush people off like, oh, yeah, all right, cool. You know what I mean? But you, you always take yeah. the time to, to talk to these kids, man. And just just the person you are, man, dope. I mean, from from Sadie's to filming your music video back of my truck to... <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, oh, my God. To being in Hawaii it. and never being able to, you know what I mean? Uh, never being able to really hang out in Hawaii until <laughs> finally got to hang out here. Man, it's 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 been a journey, man. There's people like you hang out with and they just feel like they've been your friend since you were like two years old. And that's what I feel like when I'm around you and everybody else, like Lance. So thank mm-hmm. you, man. Yo. Wait, do I get to give y'all flowers? You get I like, shout I like outs. Yo, oh, no. Hold on, hold on. No, for real, I get Lance Flores earlier about the hosting thing, but bro, you guys, nah, for real, to be honest, bro, like when I was in Samoa, you guys were like the cool kids. Like straight up, bro. You guys were like the coolest kids, like especially like seeing y'all at the, I remember first Friday markets. Remember when y'all start doing, doing flight night over there? 
And I remember just being like, dang, I wish I could kick it with them and just like hold the camera. Because you weren't shooting with Tulanga that night. You were shooting with another dude who was like his cameraman. And I was like, dang, you know, they're just filling in cameraman. I wonder if I could just hold the camera, you know, like just be. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. It was. I remember you had the little microphone that connected <laughs> to the camcorder. Yeah, it was, it was like a it long was, robot. Yeah. I'm telling you, bro, I was very, I was very impressed. So like, yeah. Lance, uh, Lance doing the podcast with Lance is like doing the podcast with like uh, Walter Cronkite or somebody, you know? Ooh, well, you let's know? go! I like it. That's how so the was like crumbles. Yeah, you know, I was super excited to be a part of this. Uh, and, uh, you know, Forrest, man, come on. Talk about the guy with all the connections. Uh, hmm. We actually, what what were we there for? Me and, me and Alex, what were we there for? At your I house, don't, I don't remember. Still, still, some, some was ha- like we had to be in that area. Oh, at the something. airport, y'all had to be at the airport. Oh, because because it was an early morning flight. Yeah, because my homie was coming from Japan. Right, right. Oh, Damn. <laughs> Damn. Oh man, that's funny. That's funny. Like you know, there's not a lot of people who think of Sefa as that kind of a star, but we know Sefa and the music he puts out and. But he's a star, man. He's a star. And I can see why they're excited to see him and after hearing his music. And they treat him like that because he's definitely his talent shines through the the music. Listen, I mean, listen to any of his albums or even any of the, the mixtapes. Lucy, Pink Tape, uh, Make Rappers Rap Again, the authenticity you feel. And it's a it's a consistent message throughout like all his projects. So you know, you know it's legit. Exactly. Um, Exactly. Do you think he's gonna come back in? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm. I want. I want all the. But those are the conversations. I mean, gosh, man. I feel like we're. Yeah, yeah. But also because I feel like we didn't talk about some other stuff like cryptocurrency and like oh, anime. Gosh, yeah. Anime. And, oh, that would. That's another two hours. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. We should have him back. You know, when he's saying he's oh, gonna yeah. uh, do the when he's gonna do the the push for the PMAs. We oh, should definitely man. have him. Well, dope. he should do a you know a, a PR tour with yeah. all the shows and stuff. Yeah, and we can definitely have him on then. But when we have Eri, then yeah, well, that's gonna yeah. be a bunch of those things like battle oh, bars, gonna, anime. Such a different show. You know, when Eri's back on, that just adds such a. Of another big element to the show when you rise on, especially because they can relate to the uh, the business sense of, of what they're both doing. Yeah, that's gonna be a, it's gonna be uh, really good to do that follow up show with uh, with all of them. Big shout out to Sefa M for coming on the show today and giving us the uh, his experience and and recapping his journey and his future. And yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Yes, thank you, man. Thank you. That uh, that is our episode for today for Forest Ogallow. I'm Lance Falutomo. This is Levasa Sports. Today's show, as always, sponsored by LevasaIslandApparel.com. For gear that represents the South Pacific Island languages and cultures accurately and responsibly. Put on for the culture. Catch the wave at LavasaIslandApparel.com.